spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. 1410 Wing AM. Tweet the show at 1410 Kinner or give us a call at 457-9464. We now send you to the Wing Studios in Kettering. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. And just like that, it's a Friday. How are all of you? Welcome in. Kev, wake the hell up. What up, though? You like I it's been a long day. But it's like 3 o'clock hit. I was tired a little before that, but now it's like, holy crap, it's 3 o'clock. Like, you know, it's, we got a lot going on this week. And high school football kicks off tonight. 7 o'clock. There were some games throughout the week, but, uh, you know, the Friday Night Lights, man. That, that's what it's all about. Tonight, high school football around the Miami Valley. I cannot wait. Our GWAC Game of the Week, our ESPN Dayton Game of the Week, of course, uh, will feature the Centerville Elks at the Fairmont Firebirds. We're excited about that. I caught up with Dave Miller earlier today. He joined us on Facebook Live to preview tonight's matchup as well as talk about the preparation uh, for his team getting prepared for this matchup with Centerville. I mean, usually every year, Kev, we open up with Fairmont and Alter. That's not the case, but as uh, Coach Miller said earlier today, hey, you, you traded one rival for another in week <laughs> one, and uh, his guys are ready to go. I cannot wait, though, to watch Chase Harrison, the quarterback for, for uh, Centerville. A lot of teams looking at him. Uh, Louisville uh, right now has a lot of Big Ten teams. Ohio State's looked at him, no offers, but he has offers from Louisville. He has offers from, uh, no, he has, doesn't have an offer from Cincinnati. Cincinnati's looking at him. Toledo's offered him. Penn has offered him. He's only a junior. He, he's he's legit. He's had schools looking at him for a long, long time. But I'm pumped. And we have quite a few of those Centerville-Fairmont games throughout the year, uh, throughout the upcoming weeks, I should say. Short season, only six games. But at least there's a season. That's what we could say about high school. Can't say that about the Big Ten. Or can we? <laughs> he giveth, and then he takes it away. And then he might give it back again. How about Kevin Warren? Is he trolling? I, I No, it's called a lawsuit. You know, see, that's like when we're talking about waivers for applying during COVID. Like, the whole thing about all this, like, he was getting sued no matter what happened. You were getting sued if you played and players got sick. If you take the game away from them, they throw tantrums and sue. But, however, as the, the fan in me, I'm all for the players and the parents throwing tantrums because, you know what? I think that pressure really did put pressure on the Big Ten to move it up. So, get this, folks. Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving weekend is the start, is the targeted start date now as an option for the Big Ten and football. And I'm telling you right now, the Thanksgiving Day weekend is always huge because of the Ohio State Michigan game. Uh, that, you know, so we didn't think we'd get to see that game on, Mich- on Thanksgiving Day weekend. We didn't think we'd get to see Ohio State at all on Thanksgiving Day weekend. That might be a different situation now. My thing is this, and I hate to be that guy, and I always am that guy, but uh, <laughs> I don't. Why kick off on Thanksgiving? I think it's too close to the other season. Like, I think it's going to be painful. Folks, think about this. I know you want football as soon as possible. You want Buckeye football as soon as possible. Here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want the fall season for everyone else to be wrapping up while the Big Ten's just getting started. We're watching Ohio State annihilate everybody, thinking, man, this is the best team in the country. And then the college football playoff poll comes out, the final one. And we're talking about the college football playoffs, but Ohio State can't participate because the season has started after. Right. So I don't mean to be that guy, but if Ohio State in the Big Ten, is, if they're going to kick off 
after everybody else and not be a part of the college football playoff, I guess my thing here, Kev, is I don't want it that close to the fall season because it's going to be too painful. I think it'll be more painful to watch the college football playoff show the day after Ohio State played a game and they annihilated Penn State or whoever by 50. I'm just, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I wrong there? I think that, I mean, again, the fan in me, Buckeye football, the sooner you can give it to me, the better. However, I'm not going to be a fan of watching Ohio State and the Big Ten kick off on Thanksgiving Day weekend after everyone else is tip- kicking off at the end of September. That's all of October, all of November. College football playoffs. That you, the you know the selection shows usually right there at the end of November, first week in December. Um, usually after the championship games, conference championship games. At, I, I just I don't want that. I don't want to see Ohio State be playing um, while everyone else is wrapping up, and then the whole time we have to be reminded every weekend building up to the playoff and national championship game that Ohio State only is not involved in this conversation because Kevin Warren screwed it up. I want college football for the Big Ten, but at this point, just keep it in the spring. I can't believe I'm saying that, <laughs> I, I, but I think, and, and hear me out, Buckeye fans, you have to, if you can call in at 457-9464 or go to the Facebook page, The Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. Search The Justin Kinner Show and put in the comment section, Am I how far am I wrong there? Am I wrong there? I, I would like to, to, to hear your thoughts because, Buckeye fans, you're, you're thinking irrationally right now. It's like, oh, yes, yes, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, bring us football. Think about what that time means, though. That's the last week of the regular season for everybody else. The college football playoff will be figured out a couple weeks later, and the Big Ten will not be involved. I think that's worse than watching the playoffs without having seen any Big Ten football at all. What say you? It's going to suck because we're going to be good. Everybody knows we're going to be good. And if we're as good as we think we're going to be, we should be playing for a national championship or in the mix for one. Mm -hmm. And if we start on Thanksgiving and then run the table 10 and 0 or whatever after everybody's already crowned the national champion then what it's not going to do any good like you just played 10 game 10 exhibition games you went 10 and 0 for nothing i mean even if you crown a big even, 10 champion at the end yeah, yeah i mean you, uh, the big 10 champion like that's it's worth it yes you want to be a, a champion of the big 10 but ultimately the ultimate goal is to be the national champion yep. And that's why all Buckeye Nation is mad because we have a chance to win the national championship this year and we don't have that opportunity. Even though, personally, I think Kevin Warren did the right thing by canceling the season. Obviously, everything he's done to cancel the season has been a total debacle uh, for reasoning, for explanation, uh, releasing statements, his uh, half-hearted interviews. like All that stuff has been total debacle. There's no debate in that. But... I think it just be, it looks odd, odd that you're starting your season in November, not even like at the start of November, at the end of November, and then they're wrapping up their season about to crown a champion in like another four weeks. It just makes no sense to me. Like if you're going to move it up or like from January to November, you might as well try to squeeze it in to start in November and try to squeeze in 10 games before the end of the season and try to get into the, the real National yep. championship. I mean, I mean, again, because they're going to say, "Hey, we're just playing it, for money." But yeah, because if you're going to play, you might as well just go ahead and play. 
by the way, on Facebook. And 457-9464, by the way, calls are coming in. We're going to get to your calls uh, right here in just a second. But 457-9464, if you're just tuning in, um, sources say, according to ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, who we, again, I, I can't bug him again, can I? I mean, I could always try. <laughs> I could always try to bug him again. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Adam, you know, Adam Rittenberg puts this article out that the Big Ten is discussing Thanksgiving weekend as one of several options to start its football season, sources tell ESPN. But... Again, there are multiple options, including the original one that still had people fired up about, hey, spring football, which would technically be winter football because it would be January when they would kick off. My thing is, is if I'm going to watch Ohio State football in the spring, it would be well after the playoffs, well after the bowl games, well after the, the championship game. It would sting that they weren't a part of it, but I would feel like the Big Ten would be on full display on their own. You put the Big Ten season on Thanksgiving Day? All right, our Thanksgiving Day weekend, I'm sorry, and, and they're getting their season started as everyone else is finishing it up. I'm sorry. that That's that's going to be too painful for me as a Buckeye fan to put up with that. My favorite comment so far, the comment of the day, uh, belongs to Doug Morgan right now on Facebook because uh, Doug Morgan says it's like eating cake with no icing. It's going to be pointless. I could not agree with you more, and right now I would kill for a piece of cake. I haven't, you know, eaten all day, and I'm not going to be able to eat tonight. I'm, I, you know, bouncing around from one place to another. Uh, but, Kevin, what do you think? It's like eating cake with no icing. It's going to be pointless, Doug Morgan <laughs> says. It is kind of pointless, man. It's pointless to play if you're not going to be playing with everybody else, and you're not even playing in the spring to say, like, all right, our Big Ten season is during the springtime, and this is when we're going to do it, and that's it. You can't just move it up and play around when they're going to be playing and they're the part that's going to be crowned a national champion. Like, it just makes no sense. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Buckeye fans, I know you want uh, you want Big Ten football. You want Buckeye football back as soon as possible. And Thanksgiving Day weekend is a lot sooner than spring. I get that, but I think it would hurt you more. I'm looking out for you guys. Okay, that's what I do. <laughs> I look out for the feelings of our listeners. I'm looking out for you. I think it would hurt you to watch the Buckeyes kick off on Thanksgiving Day weekend and not have a chance to be in the college football playoff because Ohio State. Let's say they run the table. It, it, it'll be more painful than Urban Meyer's first year when they went undefeated and everyone was like, oh, man, imagine if. Well, you know, could that team have, you know, what could that team have done when they went undefeated and they couldn't play in a bowl game, couldn't play national championship? What could have been? I think this would be worse than that. I think this would hurt ten times more than that because, you know, although both are kind of self-inflicted, Ohio State didn't self-inflict this on themselves. The Big Ten did. Ohio State had less control over this than the last time because Ohio State had to take responsibility for the mess-ups that they had, unfortunately, in the transition year from Trestle uh, to obviously Fickle to, you know, with the tat gates Exactly. Uh, let's go to the phones, 457-9464. Who do we have? Alan? Alan, how are you? Um, I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Yourself? Oh, you, I already good, asked good. you that. That was a dumb question to counter with. So what you got for us today? <laughs> Well, well, I, you know, first off, I, I listen to you guys almost every day. I'm usually getting off work when you guys are on. And um, so I, when I heard the conversation today, I'm like, you know, I'm going to try to call because I've, I've never had any success. And then, you know, it must be meant for me to, to get on today. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, and we appreciate you listening every day. Absolutely. Well, what, what I was calling to comment on is, you know, I hear this conversation about, you know, I, I haven't seen the news yet, so I'm hearing it first from you that there's potential for the season to, to they're, they're, I guess they're exploring the idea of moving the season to like November or the end of November, or is that just a hypothetical thing you guys are discussing? No, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. That, uh, these are reports. From, uh, oh, a lot okay, of college football okay. reporters that they're trying to move it to the end of November. 
So my, my comment is this, you know, I've, I've heard the conversations about how terrible it was being in the spring. Now it's a terrible conversation for it to be in November. I, I think we need to fall back a little bit and give a little bit of credit to those that are empowered that are trying their best to make decisions in a situation mm -hmm. that is something we've never seen before. And it, it, it's almost disheartening for me to hear this constant criticism of that because, you know, that's a tough decision to be in, to have to, to make decisions that impact, you know, people's lives and sometimes the livelihood of the young people that actually play football. And I, I, I think for me, what I would like to pe see people start to think about a bit more, that if those kids do get an opportunity to play, then that's good for them no matter when it is because, one, those that have NFL potential, they get a chance to sell themselves, whether it's a national championship game or not. We have such a selfish mindset when it comes to whether or not the Buckeyes play and when we as fans want them to play. So I'm just trying to encourage people to be a little bit more positive when it comes to these tough decisions that a lot of athletic directors and presidents of you know, um, these colleges are having to make. Like, we seem a bit crazy to sit and criticize that every day, but maybe that's just what you do in media. I, I don't know. No, I, I think a lot of this is honestly outpoured from fan reaction, too. And, just, and forget fan reaction. I mean, fan reaction's been bad, but uh, Kevin Warren, I, I think what's different here is that Kevin Warren has not been transparent, not just with the media and the fans, but, I mean, he's getting a lot of backlash from his own athletic directors. We had Herm Edwards on, uh, head coach at Arizona State last Friday. Herm Edwards came on, and, and I asked him straight up. I said, hey, out of the Big Ten, a lot of parents are, you know, upset. The players are upset. Coaches are speaking out against their own conference. You're not getting that out of the, the Pac-12. Why? is that he, he said they've had no he's had no parents complain uh, there was no issues with the conference they were very transparent the communication was open that I think that's where it's coming from Alan is I think it's the way the Big Ten has handled it because I'm with you I've always told people anytime I interview anyone that's in a decision-making uh, role during this process I always tell them I don't envy them because I don't want to be the guy making a decision with so much weight on it during a pandemic like this Kevin Warren had a lot of weight on his shoulders and I think he made a lot of mistakes along the way and I think that's what has led to the outcry because you're you're not getting this out of the Pac-12. You're getting this all out of the Big Ten, and a lot of the complaints are, you know, unanimous across the conference. Well, we know that the excuse me, all right, that the West Coast way of thinking is a little bit different than us in uh, in Ohio <laughs> and, uh, and in Big Ten country. I mean, if you're an adult, you know that to be to be sure. But you know, at the end of the day, if if pushing it back is the right thing to do to kind of gather your thoughts and pause a bit to try to make the best decision possible, you know, uh, again, I say to Buckeye fans, is that not good to pause and think? And then if starting it in November ends up being better, then that is that not better than nothing at all? Because then you get a chance to really take all the information you're getting in and, and make just a little bit more of an informed decision. And I guess that's just my opinion of it. There's nothing wrong with pause. Better decisions come out of falling back a little bit, thinking about what it is that, that you're up against, and then, you know, treading lightly as you move forward. 
I totally understand what you're saying, but the flip side of that is we're all fans. We're selfish fans. We want to see our team compete on the field against the best of the best. And we all know the best of the best comes from the SEC and Clemson. So we want to see our team compete against those teams when it really matters for that crystal ball, for that championship trophy. And, you know, that's first. And then secondary as fans, we care about the guys making it to the NFL. Like that their careers after being Buckeyes is secondary to most fans. But their career during Buckeyes, being Buckeyes on the being silver bullets, being representing Ohio State, like that's first. And then and obviously winning a championship. So I, I get it, but I'm speaking like from other fans' perspective, like that's what they're thinking about. This is what they want to see. Like, well, if we're not playing to win a championship, why are we playing? So that that's 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 where it's and coming I'm a from. Buckeye. I just think that is the craziest, most shallow thing <laughs> ever. Like, we deal with it every day, man. We need to have a lot more, man. <laughs> like, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm born and bred in Ohio, love the Buckeyes, but I just cannot understand how one can think that selfishly about what we are dealing with. Like, stop. I guess that was my motivation to get in on this call was to say, stop. Be a little bit open-minded about what these, you know, these 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 decision makers are up against, what these young people are up against, and let's root for the Buckeyes whenever they play, and then let's be hopeful that these guys that are are Buckeyes that they they get a chance to go on to the NFL and continue to represent Buckeye Nation as most of them have. Like you know, it's the, the NFL is littered with Buckeyes. Like let's let's hope that because that keeps the recruits coming in. Absolutely. That keeps them coming in. That keeps them coming to Ohio. All right. Well, Alan, hey, we appreciate you listening, and we're glad that you finally took time to call in. Call anytime, all right? Absolutely. Have a great weekend. All right, good stuff. Four five seven nine. I told you, Kenner. What? I told you. It's tons of sensible Buckeye fans out there. I've done this for six years as the first caller I've ever had. <laughs> and by the way, Alan... You're right. The way Alan is thinking is the way we should all be thinking. Because right. that was kind of my thing. I'm like, do you realize, like, I get the, the the loud majority is we need to be playing, even if there's a pandemic. Right. No matter what happens. I mean, who cares? So you kind of just fall into, okay, that's the norm. That's what we should be doing then. Because, you know, the, the loud majority is saying that's what we should be doing. But if you take Alan's approach and actually sit back and actually look at everything, like, it is a pandemic. And, like, the people that are screaming, we need to be playing during a pandemic, you actually sound foolish, but because there's so many supporting what you're saying, <laughs> you get away with it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're actually saying, hey, let's go play during a pandemic. And I think why people are angry is because there's so much hypocrisy out there. It's, okay, we can't play during a pandemic, but we could send 50,000 students to campus right. and play. Um, and then when can't, when students get on campus, we do what UD does, and they throw a temper tantrum because our students aren't listening to us. Our students aren't in their dorms studying. Instead, they're out drinking. Well, it's like you just learned what your students do when they're on campus at your university. It's unbelievable to me, the hypocrisy from these universities. We need you here so we can make our money, but we also need you to stay in your dorms and not come out. All right, if you don't do what we say, we're going to send you home for remote learning for, for the first two, three, four, or five weeks. Which, by the way, we're back in red. Thanks, UD. Uh, I mean, I know that, I know, I, I know that's, you know, what? Uh -oh, what? Uh, he's fired up. I'm it's just saying. Turned it on. What time is it? Go, Dayton Flyers. 3.18. He's turned on. No, it ain't Ohio State. They ain't, in, <laughs> they, they ain't playing. 
We'll be back in a moment, folks. More of your Facebook responses next. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. E2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Then we are back on a Friday. How is everybody? I hope everyone's had a great week and you have some big fun plans lined up for the weekend. How about high school football kicking off tonight? Tonight, our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week, presented by Kettering Health Network Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, features the Centerville at Fairmont. Usually Fairmont and Alter kick off the season every year, not this year. Uh, I spoke with Dave Miller, head coach of Fairmont, earlier today. He said all they've done is basically replaced one rival with another, uh, and that sets up tonight's matchup, week one of our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. Centerville at Fairmont. Next week we'll have Springfield at Centerville, uh, and we're going to get to see uh, a quarterback that I'm a big fan of and Chase Harrison with Centerville. We're going to get to see him quite a lot this season, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to tonight's matchup, mainly, Kev, because it's two different styles of, of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pro-style quarterback Chase, Heron, Centerville, uh, Chase Harrison, Centerville's offense, and then, of course, you just have that run it down your throat. Brown and Pound. And Fairmont. So it's going to be it's two different styles of play, uh, and we'll see how that goes coming up tonight. I'm excited for it. Definitely, man. I'm glad the high school kids are having an opportunity to get back on the field. They put in a lot of work over the summer, and now they get to show it off. Yeah, and last year, uh, you know, Fairmont only won four games, but they won four of their last five. Like wow. they took momentum into the off season, and they're looking to pick up with that here tonight. Centerville's kind of the opposite. They lost four straight heading it, you know, to close out the season. Um, they did not have a good year last year, and uh, we'll see what they're able to do. It's the most experienced team that Ulrich's had um, since taking over at Centerville. So we shall see what tonight's matchup brings. Keith Byers and I, we will be on the call at seven o'clock coming up later on tonight. All right, let's get back to it because I'm getting a lot of feedback on this. We're going to get your, back to your calls and Facebook reaction in a moment, but let's reset the, reset the scene here. According to sources, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg and uh, Mark Schleybaugh have put out a report earlier this afternoon that Thanksgiving weekend um, is a projected start date for the Big Ten to reboot its season. Remember, Kevin Warren said that he had, they will not revisit any conversations about uh, coming back to the drawing board to have a season, uh, a fall season, Thanksgiving still technically a fall season, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But bottom line is, is as I've said, it, the inner the fan in me is like, oh my goodness, that's great. We don't need to wait till April for Ohio State football. We might get it in November. But then I started thinking about it, started looking at the calendar, and I'm like, wait, that first week in December every year is the college football playoff selection show. Yep. So if Ohio State and the Big Ten kick off at the end of November, that basically eliminates them, even though they'll be playing. And to me, I think it, like, for instance, I think it's going to hurt a lot of Buckeye fans to watch LSU and Alabama, uh, Clemson and Notre Dame and all the big Power Five programs play this, you know, when every time they turn on Sports Center or any sports program out there and they're talking about who their college football playoff four are, everyone's going to be sitting there saying, well, Ohio State, I know they would be better than them. Really? They're number four? Ohio State's way better than that. We're going to get, it's going to be a painful Couple, next couple months anyways, as far as that goes. Folks, I'm telling you, though, it's Buckeye fans, listen to me. It is going to be ten times worse. I know you want the season to kick off as soon as possible, but it is going to be even worse. I think it'll be ten times worse if the second they announce the college football playoff, Ohio State's one week into their season that they started three months later than everybody else. Right. 
I, I just, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the November kickoff. The only pro to that is that, hey, you get Buckeye football sooner rather than later. But the con that comes with that, as well as many other cons, is the fact that, hey, you're going to be playing for, I guess, just a Big Ten championship, which isn't nothing, I guess. But, again, you're going to be playing regular season games while the playoff is being held and while the national championship is being held. And you're going to watch a champion be crowned and the whole time wondering, well, our team definitely could have beaten that team. That's right. where I'm at with this as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If there's, like, a team that has a major breakout from the SEC or ACC or Big 12 that are playing, and then you get in, you know, in how we deem guys the minor league, say, shoot, Baylor gets into the national championship game, and they win a national champion, and Ohio State's going to look at them, like, with their nose up. Like, man, we could have beat them. And rightfully so. Ohio State would pull a UCF. <laughs> Crown themselves national the champions. 2020 national championship t-shirts. Oh, man, that stuff <laughs> makes me nauseous, man. Uh, they'll, they'll hold a parade. They love holding parades. They'll hold a parade. They'll, they'll do the whole shebang. Uh, let's go to the Facebook reaction here. Trey Green on Facebook says, uh, if you ain't first, you're last. Trademark of Ricky Bobby Incorporated. So uh, <laughs> w- well played there uh, as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, Trey says, if you ain't first, you're last. Trademark of Ricky Bobby Incorporated. Uh, again, response to this, uh, Ron says that the only thing it would do is evaluate players and uh, and players like Fields, you know, basically like a combine. And, and you're right. I mean, again, them getting out on the field, it's good for Sean Wade. It's good for Justin Fields. It's good for guys like that around the Big Ten. But I think there's a bigger goal collectively right. for Big Ten. I mean, that's those are those those guys' individual goals, and they have support from their programs. But trust me, Ohio State and the Big Ten, they're not trying to kick off in November just so Justin Fields and Sean Wade can improve their draft stock. They're trying to kick off to maybe save some dollars because what this says to me is maybe spring isn't all of a sudden looking so realistic at this point if they're revisiting that. Or it's conversation behind closed doors. You have all this lawsuit conversation now. You have like eight players, I believe, from Nebraska right, suing yeah. the Big Ten, and their lawyer comes out last night and says that it could be catastrophic if these schools or if the public gets their hands on these private records, these emails between Kevin Warren and the schools. And I'm like, why would that be devastating? It would be devastating for them. So it's kind of funny how after their lawyer tweets that out last night that it would be catastrophic for the league if those emails got out because they are public records, yeah. by the way. And if those got out and he's saying it's catastrophic, it's not catastrophic for us. It sounds like it's catastrophic for them. So it's kind of funny. I don't think it's ironic at all. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I do think it's ironic. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that after their dumb lawyer tweet set out last night. Very dumb. That the very next day, all of a sudden, we're having these conversations about a kickoff in November. That, to me, sounds like they're desperate and they're panicking. It's like, okay, you don't need to sue us. We're going to go ahead and have a season, but we can't do it in this fall. I, I just I, I don't get it. I mean, if one of the Buckeye blog sites would put a request in, they have to release it because, what, there's only one Big Ten school that is private, right? Northwestern is the only school yeah, they are in the, the Big Ten one. that is a uh, private school. So since those are all public schools, they have to. Uh, if you put in a request, you have to uh, release those emails. Because they're public yes. records. So, and then, uh, by the way, on Facebook, Mike says, uh, yeah, but who wants to play in Minnesota in the middle of December? There is that side to it, too. I mean, look, there, there is no perfect scenario. The only right. perfect scenario is kicking off when everyone else does. But that's not a realistic scenario at this point. Right. Um, 
David Shaw says, I'd love to call in, but I take up too much time. So I think he's frustrated with this as well. Jeff. David Shaw from Stanford? Uh, David Shaw from Facebook. <laughs> David Shaw, or I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, Jeff says maybe maybe they could push back the playoffs a month to let the starters, to let or to let the late starters catch up. Now, I think that is a very good suggestion. However, and this is where it's going to bring me into transitioning to this next part, Ari Wasserman covers the Buckeyes uh, with The Athletic, says that he tweets this out earlier, and I found this kind of intriguing. So he says, Ari Wasserman tweets out, wouldn't the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 rather start a few weeks later and get back on the same page with the Big 10 and presumably Pac-12, assuming the Pac-12 comes back as well? One season starting at Thanksgiving would be great because then you could push back the college football playoff to Jeff's point, and then you get the recruiting calendar back in sync, and then the college football buzz is back because everything just feels like, okay, they're all in this together. Because he's right. I mean, there's no Big Ten this year. Even though a lot of the really good teams are playing, there's still going to be that weird feeling of, okay, it's th- there's still something not right here. So, Jeff, I like that suggestion, but mm. keep in mind, if I'm the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12, I look at the Big 10 and I laugh at you. Yep. And I say, nope, I'm not going to alter anything or agree to alter anything for your mess up, for your commissioner's for your mess decision. up. For, for your, your decision. decision. Yeah. For your decision to postpone the season until the spring, they're going to move forward. And mm-hmm. the Power 5 conferences haven't done anything, anything to show that they're on the same page. That's why I always laugh at everybody that says, oh, the Power Five is going to break away from the NCAA. For what? They, they have their the competition against one another. They're in competition yeah. against one another. And ultimately, if they break away from the Power Five, they'll have to come to some common ground with four other conferences. Right now, each conference works independently. They make up their own rules. They keep it going as they as they see fit under the NCAA umbrella. They're, they're going to look at the Big Ten. And basically, they're going to look at Ohio State like, all right, that's one less good team we got to worry about making yep. the championship. Thank like, you. Like, all right, shoot. Now, only thing we got to, if you Clemson, like, all right, we ain't got to worry about Ohio State no more. All we got to do is worry about the team that comes out the SEC. That's it. Yeah, and and by the way, Ari Wasserman's suggestion and Jeff on Facebook, and again, one more time, Jeff, again, we're live on Facebook. Go to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show. Uh, we are live there. When you comment in the comment section, we pull your comment and your Facebook picture into the broadcast, so you could be seen that way. Hold on, I want to I say one more thing. Yeah. And in a perfect world, he's absolutely right. But we don't live in a perfect world. We yep. live in a world where egos are involved. We live in a world where people want to be right more than they want to be fair. Like, in a perfect world, all five conferences would have came together and heard Kevin Warren, Kevin Warren out, heard the Pac-12 commissioner out. Everybody gets their chance to speak, and they come to a common ground to say, like, all right, we're not going to start in September. All right, we'll all start middle of October, some type of middle ground. But we don't live in a perfect world, as we see time in and time out. There's no way they're willing to do that and ultimately they want to play that game they say well y'all need to bump up y'all start date we're already playing it's three verse two yep three conferences verse two y'all want to play y'all want to try to come get this crucial trophy y'all need to play when we're playing but it is what it is it's a messed up situation no i agree and you're right and by the way let's do this thing where i know it's hard for buckeye fans to do but let's you know let's put ourselves in a different situation here let's say that the big 10 was one of the conferences who was ready to roll here in a few weeks. And let's say it was the ACC or SEC that made the stupid decision to not move forward. Would 
you Buckeye fans be waving the same, let's all be fair here and I'll start at the same time, you'd be like, huh, no. Right. We're, we're moving forward. It's not our fault you screwed up. Right. So, again, it's I, I don't think you're going to expect the other conferences to do the same for the Big Ten. But yeah, Jeff, because yeah. Nobody, nobody's out there screaming like, oh, man, it's not fair to the MAC. Oh, it's not fair to the Sun Belt. Oh, it's not fair to the WAC. Nobody's thinking about them. But you only think. It's a great you're, only idea. Th- <laughs> you're only thinking about it because it's the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because they're, quote-unquote, the Power Five, and our team is the Buckeyes, and we want them to play, and we think they have a chance to win a national championship. You're not thinking about, like, audit fairness. You're not thinking about fairness. You just want your team to have a chance to win it. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to the phones. We got uh, Charlie. Charlie, you're up, man. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy Friday. You too, man. I'm glad it's Friday, yeah. let me tell you. Hey, uh, man, why are we being tortured by the Big Ten? I, I hear you, but, you know, I mean, I, I look at this as semi-good news, mainly because, hey, at least we're sitting here talking about the potential of, of the season starting sooner, but there is, you know, there is a downside to that, as we've been talking about, is, you know, Ohio State, if they do kick off in no, at the end of November, they'll be playing pointless games while we're gearing up for the Final Four, which would be, you know, announced in the selection show in early December. Well, I don't even understand why any of it was pushed back. Like, what, there's, what, okay, a month ago, was coronavirus any different than it is today? But to be fair, I think we're past that. I think, I mean, we've asked those same questions a lot, and I'm with you. Um, I've said that to be, like, about the NBA and everybody else who tipped off that, you know, you, we're, worse off today than back in March. Uh, we had no answers back in March, but when you have almost, you know, 200,000 people when it's all said and done that are going to lose their life to this, yeah, I mean, we're going to, we panicked after one guy in the NBA got it and called it all off. I mean, we're having it by the hundreds and thousands getting it daily, and we just keep on trucking. So, I, again, yes, to answer that question, I agree with you, but I, I think we're past the reaction to the virus now. Now it's just trying to, you know, be cautiously you know, optimistic about what you could do moving forward. All right, all right. Now, the reason I called in, man, uh, I missed out a couple days ago. You were going through. Oh, boy. Uh, no, no, Justin's Friday. Come on, baby. Uh, you were going through, uh, like, the NFL rankings, and I, I missed the, I actually missed both Bengals and Browns, like your analysis. I didn't know what all you had said. The Browns came I, in at number 20, and the Bengals came in at number 28, I believe. They were second to last. Or so it wasn't 20. They were, yeah, there was a couple teams ahead of them. Okay, okay. Now, all I heard was that you, you were going to put the Browns ahead of maybe the Rams. And there was somebody else that you said that the Browns were better than that are, like, right up, uh, right up in front of the Browns. And I'm just... It's, we're already there, Justin. You're already doing this stuff. I'm, oh, hold on. What, what is this stuff I'm doing? I, I don't know if it's stuff. <laughs> I, I'm cheering on my team, man. One of my favorite things about you oh, God. is how just open you are with being so biased as a Browns fan, even though... Even though get him, Charlie. You're you're on the radio and you're supposed to be calling it straight up, but you 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 called the Bengals coach. What did you call him? Like a like baby Zach or something? Like he's 12 years old, man. In okay. fact, I, I think he's having his 13th birthday party this weekend. I still think he wears the pointy hat and he you know those little blow ribbons. I think he gets those on his birthday party still. All right. So can we make some sort of a deal? I don't know what it is. But when Zach out coaches the Browns twice this year, hold on. You, you think you think uh, 
you think the uh, the assistant uh, water boy from the Rams McVay offense is uh, going to outcoach Stefanski? That's what's going to happen. Well, we already we you know before we even kick off, we've already outclassed you. Outclassed. So, yeah, the Bengals roster is way classier than the Browns trash. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest. You know, we got guys hitting people with helmets. You got Fat Baker. Hey, you Fat know. Baker was 2019. 2020 Baker, much different. Oh, 2020 I, Baker's like Kenner Baker. He's working on his body, his self. He's going to be a great end of the 2020 year. I'm telling you right now. Okay. Well, and then you rank Nick Chubb the second best running back in the yes. league? Yes. Oh, yes. that's the most biased thing I've ever heard. You ranked him ahead of McCaffrey. I mean, you can go and, and, and look at the numbers and look at how dominant he was. Both are dominant. I mean, I'm not saying that, that McCaffrey's bad. I'm Me, the Justin Kinner list, has him second in the league behind Derrick Henry. Baker Mayfield, the second best or third best quarterback? Where you got him? He's the <laughs> second best quarterback in the AFC North. How about that? How about that? And that's he not. Might be, he's and that's depending on who. And, and it depends what Big Ben comes back this year. But I'm expecting big things from Baker uh, with Stefanski. But hey, Charlie, I have to go, man. I appreciate the call. Hey, you guys have a good weekend. AJ Green is the man. He's way better than Odell. Have a good weekend. All right, adios, man. I yeah. I mean, AJ Green. What is he? What two days into practice now, and he didn't get hurt. Already improved. Good for him. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. We got Ryan Roth's comments we'll get to on Facebook. We got some uh, we got Billy on hold, Clifford on hold. We're gonna get more to your we're gonna get back to your calls when we come back. I'm not we're not done with this Ohio State stuff yet. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. The sooner you get Ohio State football back, I know that seems like the best case scenario, but I'm telling you right now, I don't think that's a good thing if you're watching Ohio State end of November while the college football playoff committee is putting their final four together. We'll pick up with that. More of the Justin Kinner show with Kev Nash next. Go Browns. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. It's the summer clearance event at Key Chrysler. I'm Chris Toby. At Key, our primary focus is your safety and ours. We are practicing safe social distancing. Probably like you, we hate it, but we are wearing our masks and we are diligently cleaning the dealership. If you're more comfortable handling your sales and service needs from home, we can help you. Hitting the road this summer? Do what truck drivers do. Bring plenty of five-hour energy. You'll get the alert, energized feeling you need to get where you're going and do everything you want to do when you get there. It's small, light, and portable, like it was made for road trips. Just crack it open, knock it back, and keep both hands on the wheel. Because when it comes to road trips, safety comes first. Five-hour energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Ready to take on that painting project? Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 35% off paints and stains with sale prices starting at $2502, August 27th through September 7th. With 35% off our exceptional paints and stains, you can... Reds fans, don't miss the just... Everybody, welcome back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. This first hour flew by at high school football tonight, Centerville, Fairmont. Keith Byers and I will be on the call at 7 o'clock to kick off. So ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week presented by Kettering Health Network Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And we're excited to be kicking off another season in a season that, uh, Kev, I honestly did not think we'd be having. 
to be honest with you. <laughs> like, uh, so of all the things I've been wrong about in life, this is the one that I'm glad <laughs> I'm wrong about. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'll be glad if college football, again, because college football hasn't kicked off yet. So right. I'm technically, you know, when my gut still says I'll be surprised if college football kicks off at all, uh, I still will be surprised if it kicks off at all. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't really care. I, I mean, the thing is, if you expect me to have answers, no one in this country has answers about what the hell's going on with this virus or how people are going to respond to it anyway. So if you're going to hold me to a higher standard than what we're holding other people to in this country as far as what decisions to make when it comes to this, then I feel bad for you as far as that's concerned. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Um, by the way, Kev, um, there, there's some of the other alternatives for the Big Ten season and do include early January mm-hmm. with an eight or nine game schedule at indoor venues. Um, and yeah, this is you better be indoors by the time February rolls around. And this is saying, and this goes back to that comment that I think Jeff or someone put on Facebook earlier about you know who wants to go to play at Minnesota in December. They're right, which is why they're talking about a lot of these indoor venues. And of course, that, this has been a heavy discussion as well. Uh, but pushing the season kickoff to around Thanksgiving is uh, under heavy consideration. Wow. Uh, David Shaw, first of all, let's be clear here. When you're saying it kicks off tomorrow, so you are wrong, yes, I get that. But I'm talking about the real football teams, the real football conferences. So, yes. Okay. No what? love for who was playing. I was going to say App State, but App State's not playing. Uh, Austin P. Oh, yeah. Central Arkansas. Yeah, that's who it is. Austin P. Monday, uh, Mem- not Memorial Day, Labor Day, BYU plays. R. Kelly's a big Austin P. fan. Here you go. Let's go to the phones. Let's go, uh, let's go to Billy. Billy, what's up, man? Oh, man. I ain't cool. Right, Billy. Billy, what's up, Billy? I think we... Lo- oh, we got Billy? Cliff. Oh, Cliff. Cliff, what's up, man? I'm sorry. How are you? Hey, I got a question. Okay. Um, with this coronavirus um, around and, and uh, teams probably ain't going to play or they might play or whatever they're going to do, postpone. And some of the top players have to show off their talents this year. Take like um, they've been talking. I think I was talking about yesterday. Justin Fields um, going to another college so he could uh, play or something. That one of the five uh, big conferences is going to play. Uh, is it a must that they show off their talents, or you take like um, Clemson quarterback? I mean, he stayed another year, which he could have went last year. So I know he's like, dang, the coronavirus now. I don't get to play. Then I'm thinking that some of them are kind of selfish too to try to um, uh, play to showcase their talents and not thinking about the coronavirus, you know. I don't know what y'all think about that. Now, that's been brought up a few times as far as, you know, what messages, like the vast majority of, again, I talked about earlier, the loud majority um, is, even though I think that the loud majority's idea of playing sports during a pandemic and, and going to school and college during a pandemic, the loud majority is saying that we should be doing that and we're just following in line with the loud majority because, hey, when the majority of the people in the world you know, there's always a financial burden that comes with that when you're running businesses and when you're, you know, when the politics are involved, which we're not getting into, but that plays a huge role in this too. Uh, that moves the needle. Sometimes it's not what's right that moves the needle. It's who's loudest and who has the biggest, you know, which side has the most support. And that's why we're at this point. That's why we're having high school football tonight. I'm glad to have high school football, but if you really think about it, if you strip it down to not, you know, not our wants and, and, and needs and everything. If you think about what's probably best, there probably shouldn't be, but we're going to go to high school football games tonight, or some of us are. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I can see why I've seen some people criticize athletes who are fighting so hard to have a sport that could potentially put others at risk. But again, the loud majority are in favor of having a season. So I see what you're saying, Cliff, but uh, the loud majority have drowned out what uh, should be common sense in some of this. So how much does it hurt or Justin feels? Not showcasing his um, 
his uh, talents as far as draft, you know, pick or whatever you want to say. I, I think that uh, as far as, like, uh, let me use Trevor Lawrence real quick. Trevor Lawrence was pretty much a guy that everyone was looking at as the number one overall pick after his freshman season winning a national championship. So I, I think that he won't be impacted. Like, if let's say something happened and Clemson can't play and he can't play, I don't think his, st- his stock is hurt. Justin Fields' stock isn't bad, by the way. He's going to be a top-ten pick. He's going to be the second quarterback taken off the board. The only thing that Justin Fields has going for him is that he could potentially, if he just shows out and he just looks night and day different and better than Trevor Lawrence uh, in in back-to-back seasons, he could end up being the number one overall pick. So he has more to gain than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has more to lose than Justin Fields as far as that's concerned. Just one more thing, but I'm just thinking that you're losing a year of seeing how this guy has progressed. You know, any top player... Mm-hmm. It's just like you're missing a year to me. I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking that, but it's like you're just missing a year of seeing how you progress if they don't play. But hopefully they might play. But thank you for the call. No, thank you for calling, man. I appreciate it. Take, take care. Have a good weekend. Uh, wait, I mean, again, about that, too, like with Justin Fields, Kev, I think he has more, not more to pr- I mean, he's going to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. He can move up that draft board by playing, but he needs more reps. It's and again, that's what Dwayne. I mean, Dwayne Haskins looked fantastic in his one season as starter for Ohio State. But the big knock against him was, well, how many? You know, doesn't have many starts under his belt. And I think Justin Fields will get the same criticism if he plays another year, though. I think he could challenge Justin Fe- or Trevor Lawrence for that number one overall pick, especially if he repeats the year that he had last year. Billy, you're our first caller. When we come back, sit tight. DoorDash Ray, you're coming up too. More Facebook reaction, uh, more of this Ohio State conversation coming up. We're going to talk a little Reds around the corner as well. They decided that they felt like playing baseball last night. How about that? More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Hour two, next. Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Fall is just around the corner. So are Labor Day savings now at the Home Depot, where you can save every day on everything from mulch to power tools, new appliances to a fresh coat of paint. You can even shop and save right from the app and get convenient delivery right to your door. The only question is, what will you do next? Tackle more fall projects with Labor Day savings now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Waspies last valid through September 7th. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for... Th- WING 1410 Dayton. Dayton's ESPN Radio. It's the Justin Kinner Show. Live here on ESPN Dayton. 1410 Wing AM. Tweet the show at 1410 Kinner or give us a call at 457-9464. We now send you to the Wing Studios in Kettering. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here. Hour two, it is the Justin Kinner Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. High school football tonight, Centerville Fairmont, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN Dayton. Reds baseball. Well, uh, you will not hear Reds baseball on the airwaves tonight. You'll have the Reds and Cubs doubleheader tomorrow. And how about that? The Reds have just been beyond impressive in doubleheader. Uh, Joey Votto has set out multiple doubleheaders this year, and the Reds are 4-0 in doubleheaders when Votto is not in the lineup. How about that? And Votto is not injured. He just sucks. No, I'm just joking. Well, he's, Whoa. He, 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 what? He's hitting 193. 
He can't hit. He can't run. He can't play defense. I mean, if he if he didn't have an MVP under his belt, he would have been cut a long time ago. And last how much, night, how much longer on the contract? 2023. Get paid. But here's why, and people that rip the Reds for that. I don't rip the Reds for that. I have no pro- like. I don't even hate Joey. Votto. I've, Joey Votto is one of the like best. I had a blast watching him when he was in his prime. He was awesome to watch play when he was in his prime. But right, 2023. It's an, I think and that's just because they have an option for 24. But they're not going that route. Obviously, I wouldn't. Um, but no, I have no problem with the, with the Reds owing him so much money still you have to overpay every by the way all these max contracts like the machado one the bryce harper um trout every team will pay and i don't mean like literally i mean they will pay from a oh man we are still paying this guy a lot of money and we're not getting anything out of him at the back end you're paying that money up front like when you give these guys these max 10-year deals 10 plus year deals you're not, Kev, you may be paying for 10, but you're honestly really paying for probably of the 10 plus years, you're probably playing, paying for six to seven years of production. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what people keep getting, you know, they always get confused here. The Reds, I think, gave him a 12 year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Was yeah, 12, yeah. So, uh, the deal includes a uh, club option for 2024 when the 2010 NL MVP turns 41. Oof. But, and people are mad at Yeah, Joey. I am not dissing the Reds for that. Because you know what? People would have been more mad had they let him go and he would have won an MVP elsewhere after that. Or went to the Yankees. So, And that's what I'm saying. is the Red, like The Reds are always one of those teams where people get pissed if they, oh, they overspent. Now we'll not have enough money to pay anyone else. You get mad if you spend too much money and then when they don't make moves and don't go sign guys, we complain because they don't try hard. You, if you're the Reds, it's a tough spot to be in because you have limited re- – well, I shouldn't say limited. Your resources aren't as bountiful as some of the other larger market teams. And I hate doing that small market excuse, but that's sometimes the reality of it. But Joey Votto, I don't expect him to be – like, I'm not mad at – when Joey Votto's struggling right now, I'm not mad at Joey Votto, Kev. I'm mad at the manager who keeps trying to force a square peg into a round hole. That's what I'm mad at. So David Bell finally got smart last night and didn't just sit him out of one game. He sat about out of both. All right. We'll talk about that coming up here in just uh, a little bit. By the way, I'm getting ripped still for the uh, for the Chubb comment. Oh, goodness. What? You are. So, he's top. I'll give him top five. Top five. He was the second best running back in the league last year. By yardage. By yardage. What? What? What are you like basing it off of? Like what do you base it off of? That's on? like saying the uh, the NBA's leading scorer is the best player in the league. The, the NBA is that's t- completely different. Everyone scores in the NBA. Holy crap! Everyone scores, and a lot of times, a lot of times, the score and running the ball is a lot different than in the NBA when you're scoring the ball. A lot of times, those guys that are leading scorers have to are on bad teams. Or they're on good teams, but they're not going to win championships. That's why Harden always brags about scoring titles, wasn't winning championships. Kobe, when he was winning all his scoring titles, Allen Iverson, weren't winning championships. Those the, Their better stat years, scoring years, were in years they weren't winning championships. So who's That's the best receiver do. in the NFL? Best receiver? I mean, that can be anyone between Michael Thomas, between Julio Jones. I still think it's Michael Thomas. I mean, Hopkins is really good. Hey, Christian McCaffrey probably the best receiver in football because you keep spitting out. Oh, he he you know oh he can catch the ball. That's what makes him number one. I don't need my running back to catch the ball. I need him to run yeah, the you ball. Do. If I need someone to catch, yeah, I you get do. a wide receiver. I mean, and if they're capable of catching, then fine. But again, I'm not going to give you a you know if I'm asking you which of you I'd rather have. Well, if you bring something to the table because you can catch the ball, then fine. But if I need my running back to run, the Browns have plenty of receivers. They're fine. 
No, you need your running back to be able to run the ball. You need your running back to be able to pick up the blitz. You need your running back to be able to catch the ball as well. Those are all elements mm-hmm. that a running back needs to be able to do. Yeah, well, I also need... And McCaffrey can do all three. Okay, Kenny, let's look. Let's go to the tape. Let's take a, yeah. deep, let's take a deep dive. Let's. Let's. Like let's. Uh, let's see. The month of December was not a good month for Christian McCaffrey as far as a running back standpoint. He had a great wide receiver stat line, but uh, he rushed for, let's see, 44 yards in the first week of December, uh, 53 yards the next week, uh, 54 yards and 26 yards with three touchdowns. So he rushed for just under 400 total yards, 300 total yards in the month of uh, in the month of December and had three touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. So sign me up, coach. He's good, by the way. I wouldn't mind having him, but Chubb is better. I'll take Nick Chubb any day. I'll take Chubb over Mixon especially. I'll take him. Uh, Derrick Henry is the only running back I would not take Chubb over. You would take him over Saquon Barkley? Yes. Who can also catch the ball better than Nick Chubb, who also flexes out as a wide receiver. Good for him. Again, you want a wide receiver? He can run Sign the ball, too. He Sign can a wide run receiver. the ball, too. Uh, I mean, but when Christian McCaffrey, by the way, uh, is, uh, again, they're focusing on him more as a wide receiver than a running back. No, he just can do everything. He's a heck of a weapon. Why not use that weapon? I mean, a weapon? I'm not arguing he's not a weapon. I'm not arguing that he's not good. That's like when back in the 90s when Thurman Thomas was out here lining up at receiver. That's like when Roger Craig was the first guy to go for 1,000 rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. If a player can do that, if a player is that good, why not use him? Why not use his abilities? Le'Veon Bell. Your guy says, uh, David Shaw says, uh, in this era of football, you need a running back to catch. You only need your running back to catch if you don't have receivers to catch, and that's why the Panthers were one of the worst teams in football last well, year. Well, Roger Craig went for 1,000 yards, and he had the greatest receiver of all time in Jerry Rice on this team. Okay. Let's see what McCaffrey does. I'm just Both saying. So we can debunk that. He had John Taylor and uh, Jerry Rice on his team, and he still went for 1,000 yards. Browns fans, help me out here. <laughs> yeah, you better. Browns fans, you help better me get out some here. help. I'm not saying McCaffrey's bad, but Chubb ain't bad. And, I ain't say it was bad Chubb, neither. Chubb. I'm just saying I think Christian McCaffrey needs more love, needs more respect, because when he got his big payday, you hated on him. And I hate on all running backs who get those big paydays, because <laughs> you can get a lot of good running backs out there. Can you? I yes. don't think you can. You because, can. Because that's, the Cowboys, team, when the Cowboys, that's not even my opinion. When, that's why teams do this. No, because when the Cowboys tried that with Zeke, when Zeke wasn't playing, they weren't winning. Mm-hmm. But it's when because you plug, they didn't have a running back, but you, you know what? If they didn't have Zeke, Zeke they'd go in. get another one. When they, no, no, no. They, you could just plug them in, right? They put in the backup. That back doesn't up. make any you're sense, Kevin. Plug you plugged in the backup, he didn't perform. You plug in Zeke, performance. Because well, you're plugging in a backup. But if they didn't have Zeke, they would have went out and got a starting caliber running back. Maybe. No, no sure. just they plug did, it they've in. Done it. Just plug they, it in, right? Done it. It's, it's they, just, just done it. simple. Just the, plug the, it The Cowboys plug was the running back a few years ago. Oh, man, it's driving so me nuts. so good you can't remember he's, his yes, name, but you the, know his name. Is that Oklahoma name? now? He's one of the running back coaches. DeMarco Oklahoma. Murray. DeMarco Murray. Oh, yeah, they lose him. Oh, man, they're in big trouble. They're not gonna be able to, they go and get McFadden. McFadden, he does the no, same he did thing. Not. He ran for 1,000 yards. Oh, now, now when I would bring up the fact that somebody ran for 1,000 yards, you only got to run for 66 yards to get 1,000 yards. That's true, but that's what we base. No, no, no. No, no. I'm not talking about a thousand yards. I'm talking about impact plays. The impact oh, play. The impact plays that Demarco Murray made when he was with the. I was almost saying 49ers with the Dallas Cowboys trumped anything that Darren McFadden did when he was with the Cowboys. And then that is also why they had to go get another stellar running back. Hence Zeke. And that's adorable, and that's fine. That is a fact. However, no, no, no. And you want to talk about impact running backs? You don't need an impact running back to win a Super Bowl. 
It's true. All the running backs that we're talking about are all on teams that, I mean, the Pan- McCaffrey and the Panthers, not Super Bowl contenders. Uh, you know, the Titans are close, but again, not Super Bowl contenters, not with that they quarterback. Were the, they were in the AFC Championship game. That now, means they're a contender. The Boston Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, and then no one looked in at them as true seven. threats of getting to the in NBA game Finals. Seven. All right, uh, what else we got here? So, oh, the Browns, look, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They got Chubb. I mean, all these According teams are talking about. According to you, they're 12-4. Okay, that's not, you don't win the Super Bowl on 12-4. and four. They'll be in position to win one. They'll be in position to win one. (laughs) Chubb's the second best running back in the NFL. It's just my opinion. It's just it's just my opinion. Nothing more, nothing less. So hold on. So you said Derrick Henry's number one. Mm -hmm. You said Chubb is two. Who's three? McCaffrey. McCaffrey. So who's four? Let me go to my NFL list right here just to make sure that we are all on the same page as far as this is concerned. And I'm not going to base it just off total yardage because that's what you did before. Uh, But no, but the Browns go as as Chubb goes. I mean, look. The, I mean, I mean, the, the Panthers. How good were they with McCaffrey? They had they had me playing quarterback, huh? They had me playing quarterback. Well, you don't need a quarterback when you have Superman running the ball. Put some respect on my guy's name, man. Aye aye, aye aye. Well, I mean, bring back the white running back. Let's go. Aye. <laughs> Let's go, baby. We did the white basketball player thing earlier in the week. Hey, we, we definitely got a great white running back for sure. Are there any? I mean, we talked about cornerbacks too. Allstop, but he was a fullback. He wasn't really. A- uh, Riggins. Um, who else? I'm drawing a blank on uh, who I'm really thinking about. So, congratulations, McCaffrey. You're the best of the white running backs. Good for you. <laughs> You're the beast, man. Respect that man. Respect that man. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Four five seven nine four six four. Uh, let's see who. Let's see. DoorDash Ray, we we missed your call. Get back on the line. We'll get to you right away. Four five seven nine four uh, six four. Who this? David. David, what's up, man? How are you? We got David Shaw on the line, folks. <laughs> the David Shaw. Coach. <laughs> well, not How was it coaching Christian Shaw, McCaffrey? Fan, but, uh, like, you got me fired up here. Nick um, <laughs> Chubb, number two in the NFL. I, stats don't lie. I, I, I don't write the stats. I just read them. You're talking about this as if the running back is the only thing a part of the offense. You just flat out said Ed McCaffrey, not Ed, but Christian McCaffrey didn't um, didn't make his team a winner because that's why he's not the number one running back in the league. You forget about the quarterback. You forget about the offensive line. You forget about the other wide receivers on the field. It's a it's a collective unit. And you're forgetting the fact that there is not one elite running back with an elite quarterback in the league. Why are all the good running backs, the really good running backs, on all these bad teams? Because they're paying all the money. To, that's not the running back. Because that's what's dumb about paying good running backs money, because then you can't go get good players. Like, the, for instance, like I love the fact that they're not paying it to the offensive line. What's that? I, I didn't hear that last part. I'm sorry. I I'll go ahead. My bad. I interrupted him. I keep talking. So repeat that last part. I didn't hear you. I, I apologize. The biggest reason is that they're not on a better, better winning team is they're not paying the money to the offensive line. They're paying it elsewhere. But, but you I, look at every you look at every Super Bowl champion. They've had a running game. Every team that's had a Super Bowl champion, they've had a running game. They one team that, that's all they did was throw the ball. No, no, they I won. agree with you that they have a running game, but that goes to my point about there's it's easy to find running backs out there who aren't. You don't even need a superstar running back uh, so to win a Smith Super Bowl. Wasn't a superstar? What's that? So 
though Emmett Smith wasn't a superstar? Oh, you're going to go back to, I thought you just, in your comment section, you're talking in today's modern football. Now you're going to go all the way back to the 90s? Right, so, so in today's modern football, fine. Let's go today's modern football. Let's go. You need a, you need a running back that can catch out of the backfield, block out, out of the backfield, and it's not just running the ball in today's football. It's not. That's that the whole part of the offense is written up with them as a wide receiver. Um, are you not paying attention to the NFL these days? Damian Williams, running back for Kansas City, 39th in total rushing. By, I mean, it's, it's, because like, they're the, using him out of the backfield. Okay. Oh, that's great. If you need a receiver, go get a receiver. I need a running back. I want a running back. To get a wide receiver. It what? has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it does to me. As my my opinion is, yeah, I don't need I don't need my running back to be. If he can catch, that's awesome. That's great. But I need him to run the ball. But that's why the Browns have stunk for the last twenty years because you haven't gotten in the modern era of football. First of all, if you're going to narrow down why the Browns have stunk, just one, <laughs> you're totally mistaken, no, David. Way more reasons, there's way more reasons than that. But if you want to think back, like it's 1970 and 1980, that's why they can't win. I, I mean, I'm, look at the Chiefs' offense. Look at the Saints' offense. Look at the Ravens' offense. I mean, mm -hmm. I Patriots are winning Super Bowls with, uh, I mean, with no-name running backs. Mm -hmm. uh, Sony Michelle. The Chiefs? The Chiefs, yeah. I mean, the I Chiefs mean. He just won a Super Bowl with a no-name running back until last year. Nobody knew who he was until week seven and eight. But just because you're a running back on a Super Bowl team doesn't mean you're somebody. It just means, hey, you're, I mean, no one looked at the running back. You can't have it both ways. You can. No, you can't. You can't. All the all the you're elite running backs in the NFL play on bad teams, and then the just good guys that can get you a thousand yards, you know, for a season, they play on the on the Super Bowl. You know, the, so the, the Super Bowl contender. leader rusher went to the AFC Championship. Uh, Chris Carson from uh, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. You talked about a combo. There's a combo. Aaron Rodgers. And they were Aaron in combos Jones. watching the Super Bowl. Aaron Jones. They weren't there. Who? Aaron Jones. Who? Yeah, he's also a guy that can catch the ball out the backfield. Right, and th and they're also and catching playing, the Super playing, Bowl at home like playing, we all are. Playing with an elite quarterback. The offense. Who's the bigger threat to the offense? Only a guy who can run out of the, out of the backfield, or a guy who can do both. Who's the bigger threat? Well, no one's. I mean, look, they're not giving all the money to uh, those no name guys that are on the the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Packers and everyone else. But no, you're the main the one that be talking look, about those guys, guys that bring a lot weapon. to the table. But also the thing is too, the, there's clearly not a value for them to pay them max dollar because all the bad teams are paying max dollar to their running backs, and all the teams because that are getting the to the Super Bowl are putting their money's in the most important pieces, which is of course on the defensive side, but also your quarterback and going out and, and fine tuning that offensive line. They're not trying to to win Super Bowls with Derrick Henry and McCaffrey and everybody else. That's why, as much as I love because Nick Chubb, the Browns would be stupid to pay him money. What's that? Because those type of running backs are becoming obsolete. Then why, okay, if the court, if the running backs that you are telling me are so important, why aren't they the ones on teams winning Super Bowls? Because they also. How many more running backs do I need to go up and down the list of teams? You're not answering my question. Backs? If all the teams winning Super Bowls, why don't they have the elite running backs? Because you don't need an elite running back. Then what's the point of bragging about being a top running back then? So in that case, the Browns aren't going to win the Super Bowl, right? Because they have Nick Chubb, they have your precious OBJ. No, they probably could. If, if they had a good year, they probably could because all their money is invested in the quarterback and they have their money though, right? dispersed. They don't need him. They don't need star players. They just need what? They just need you need defense. a running game. They have a running game. You no, but they have a running game. game. They don't need But OBJ. I'm telling you right they now, need Jarvis, but when, their quarterback gets their max, when the quarterback gets his max money, they ain't going to pay Chubb that money, and they shouldn't. That's why I said the Titans were dumb for doing what they did with Derrick Henry.
You could have put that money elsewhere and going to get a, a much better quarterback, much better way. You still could have had a so thousand yard running back. Who was a much better quarterback on the free agent market? Oh, I would have gone and got Cam Newton. On the Titans, I would have went and got Cam Newton. I'm good. That's fine. That's why the Titans will just I be mean, another, not, you know, very pay, good nine-win team. About to, about to pay, and I'm a Cam Newton fan, but I'm not about to pay Cam Newton where I can't even get him in to do a check on the shoulder or a check on the foot like he was banged up. <laughs> Trody. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, hey, David, anything else, man? We got to go. I got to hit this commercial break, man. Uh, there was plenty more to get. <laughs> I, I, I called in for the running back thing and not even the Ohio State part. I wanted to talk about all that, but... David, call, when we get back into that in a little bit, you can call back in, man, okay? All right, man. Take care. <laughs> a peaceful disagreement. How about that? And both of you fools are wrong. We'll be back in a moment. More. <laughs> it's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Goodyear knows why we all love basketball. It's the sound of the buzzer, the roar of the crowd, the swish of the net. It's the spin on the ball as it's released, the squeaking sneakers before an inbound pass, the timeout that gives us perspective on the moment. We love basketball because we love movement. And now that it's back, we're asking you, the fans, what moves you? Goodyear, more driven. Foot odor thrown off your game? Stick to a winning game plan with Odor Eaters. Featuring three advanced odor and wetness fighters, the lineup provides long-lasting odor control plus more to keep your feet on their game. Odor Eaters powder provides outstanding moisture control. Clear drying spray is the MVP in preventing athlete's foot, while insoles work continuously to manage wetness while adding a layer of comfort. Pick up today at Walmart, Target, CVS, Dollar General, or other fine retailers. Odor Eaters. Destroy foot odor with the best in odor defense. All right, then we are back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So, we got you thinking. And I'm like, okay, listen, I hear what everyone's saying. And I think what makes these arguments so fun is the fact that we're literally trying to split hairs of great running backs. Like, we're arguing about Nick Chubb being above Christian McCaffrey, and they're both elite running backs in the National Football League. Like, I, I mean, we're literally, like, splitting hairs as far as the dominant running backs in the National Football League. But, Kev, look, there's something that all dominant running backs in the National Football League have in common. Christian McCaffrey is on the Panthers. No chance of winning a Super Bowl. Zeke Elliott does play on the Cowboys team, who is capable of winning a Super Bowl. But you know what else they have in common with everybody else is they have a quarterback that not all their mo- all, that not all the team's money is invested into their quarterback. So that that's where so like you either have the elite running backs are on teams who either are really bad and don't have a chance of winning a Super Bowl or are on teams that have not invested all their money into quarterbacks. So the Panthers fit that mold of they're rebuilding. They're not in a position to win a Super Bowl right now anyways. They're probably going to be in position to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields coming up in this year's draft, of course. But they did go out and get a quarterback this past offseason that maybe if he has a big breakout year, uh, breakout year, if he has a good year and they win games with him, he could be their guy and they can re, you know, retarget the draft as far as that's concerned. Saquon Barkley, top, one of the top running backs in the league on a bad team. They just drafted a rookie quarterback. Again, all the money is not invested into uh, the quarterback. You look at Derrick Henry and the Titans. They did give their quarterback a decent chunk of change, but again, they haven't invested all their money into their quarterback. They put all their money into Derrick Henry. The Browns, Nick Chubb, not only 
Have they been bad? But they also have a quarterback they haven't invested their money into. Joe Mixon. <laughs> Bengals. You know the rest of that. But no, they just drafted a rookie. They don't have their money in their quarterback. They're not winning a Super Bowl. Now, this is the only one that's maybe a little bit of an outlier, by the way. Chris Carson. Chris so, Carson. So he's one that's a little bit of an outlier. But again, I don't look at Carson as the McCaffrey or the Zeke or the Derrick Henry or the McCaffrey of the world. He's just he's very, very good. He's above that. There's good running backs. He's above that. Sonny Michelle's the guy I put in that, that good running back. They, you can't go wrong with having a Sonny Michelle. He kind of reminded me of McFadden a little bit. A guy that, if you have him on there, great, but he he's not going to lead the league in rushing. Uh, how about Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars? Again, a team that's still looking for their quarterback. They think they have it in Nick Foles. They, again, paying him a lot of money, but they're not winning no Super Bowl. No, they, so, they moved on from uh, Foles. Uh, Foles, obviously, with the Bears now. Uh, with the Minshew. But yes, again, sir. they don't have their quarterback. They're not winning a Super Bowl. So that's my point, is we say, oh, these guys, look how valuable they are. Are they valuable? Because all the teams win in Super Bowls, and I'm not saying this in a trolling way so we could stop with the screaming and hollering. I feel like I'm bringing a very good point to the table. I don't do that often. I usually just yell and move on. I'm bringing something very tangible to the table here that even I'm wondering how even you can counter-argue that because I'm not saying these running backs aren't good and I'm not saying you don't need a running back to win a Super Bowl. All I'm saying is is as great as these guys are, it kind of reminds me, Kev, about when we have that elite wide receiver conversation. Think about all the elite wide receivers in the National Football League. You know, Teams aren't winning Super Bowls with those guys either. I mean, Michael Thomas is in a really good spot. Julio Jones almost won one a few years ago. Of course, they had one of the biggest meltdowns in Super Bowl history. Um, you know, and then last year, the Chiefs have a nice little dynasty that they might have started um, with Hill and everybody else. So they have something good going. But usually it's kind of interesting. The teams that invest money into the receivers and running backs are usually not the teams that are holding up the trophy at the end of the season. Argue that all you want. But I feel like that's a pretty good point. I said it slower. I didn't yell. I'm not mm-hmm. all high pitched. You forgot. You forgot Aaron Jones. Uh, from Who? The, Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers. But again, I, I put him in that good running back category. He's just maybe a little above good. I put him, he's so in that I, category with Carson. I, again, I'm not disrespecting these guys. I think that's just the reality of it. So the Packers will screw themselves because they haven't helped Aaron Rodgers at all. I mean, every dra- the one offensive guy they've drafted since drafting Aaron Rodgers is his replacement probably. So. There's that, as far as that goes. So I want to make sure I understand you correctly. If they, you say they're not competing for championships, what's competing for a championship? Actually winning them. So if you don't win a championship, you're not competing for a championship. But I never really buy in. I don't buy into the Seahawks. Like, they're a good team every year. I do not buy into the Seahawks at all. So, that's because they also I'm not, the I'm, not, I'm not talking about the Seahawks. I'm trying to get a clear definition of what you deem competing for a championship. Oh, look, hold on real quick. I got to go to the people that are agreeing with me. And I, I swayed one slightly. David Shaw doesn't completely agree with me. He goes, O-line and quarterback is where the money has to go. I'll agree to that. Which is why you're seeing that the teams that usually get desperate to get asses in seats at games, they funnel money towards the stars. You know, Zeke being a little bit of an outlier, but to my point earlier, there's always two situations where you find elite running backs. They're either with a team that's not very good, an average, you know, not very good to average, or a team that has not invested all their money into their quarterback. That's where you find the top running backs in the National Football League. Then you get the teams like the other teams who invest their money elsewhere, and then they get lucky with rookie running backs like a Sonny Michelle, who's not a rookie now, but again, the Patriots, you know, a lot of people question their, you know, you stopped questioning the Patriots as far as player personnel after a while. But to to answer that, without a clear-cut answer, 
to put that every team is going to be different, but when you look at the pattern throughout the National Football League, it just depends what your definition of an elite running back is. No, 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 I don't no, look no at that Carson wasn't my question. My question is, what is competing for a Super Bowl? What is competing? What do you deem competing for a Super Bowl? Because you say that the Titans weren't competing for a Super Bowl, even though they were one game away from the Super Bowl. So what is competing for a Super Bowl? Does, but in all seriousness, does anyone really look at the Titans and say, oh, yeah, with that quarterback? That doesn't matter. That doesn't, doesn't matter. matter that doesn't because matter. Perception what, what perception is reality, it, 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 Perception is, or if you have a chance to go there, then you're going, you have an opportunity. So is so. What do you deem competing for a Super Bowl? Because here's the deal, the <laughs> Titans again don't have an elite quarterback. I didn't ask you that. I asked, what do you deem competing for a Super Bowl? Teams that actually people believe in winning but, a Super Bowl outside of Titans country, no one was so believing. Basically, in, and by you're the using you know, the, 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 the dumb Buckeye fans. Word, so you can't. So you can't put a clear definition on it. So you can always change your point. No. So you can. So all, it's it's Super Bowl or nothing. That's it. There's, yeah. So if and you, history so if proves you, I'm right. No. So so if you're not winning, so you need to change that to saying uh, if you don't, there's no elite running backs winning the Super Bowl. You don't because, need no uh, so to maybe shape it up to your liking. You no, don't no, need no, an no, elite, because you don't you, because need an elite saying, running back to win because the Super Bowl. you were saying competing for a Super Bowl, competing for a Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl are two totally different things. No, they're not really. They, they are. No. Because if you are playing for a Super Bowl, in the actual Super Bowl, you are competing for the Super Bowl. Do you, Let's be honest here. Remember a few years, again, I'm going to the NBA. So you are going Hold to on, basically refuse to answer I'm my question. I'm refusing it. I'm, I'm dissecting, I'm questioning talking, your logic. I've been asking you this question for four minutes. Because you're not. You're hearing my answer. You don't like it. So you no, keep, no, yeah, you didn't give an answer. This is what people answer. do. When, you didn't when, answer. When you hear an answer you, you don't like, you just keep asking the question. You didn't say, hey, if you if you make it to the Super Bowl, then you're competing for a Super Bowl. That would be answering the question. You keep dancing around it. Give me a direct answer. What do you deem competing for a Super Bowl? Amount of win? Is it amount of wins? It is where where you are in the playoffs. Is it if you are the AFC or NFC champion playing actually in the Super Bowl? What is it? It's a team that has an elite quarterback. So you still just not going to answer the question. I just answered it for you. So you're those, competing those running for backs. Super Bowl. Any of those running backs so the, play with an elite quarterback? So so you're competing outside of Carson. I said, what do you deem a team competing for a Super Bowl? And I told you, a team with an elite quarterback. If you have an that elite is, quarterback, that means absolutely te- nothing. It does. If you have that an elite quarterback, that, that's not there's a reason the that question. every time a team has an elite quarterback, they're always deemed as a team every year. Like the Steelers. There's no reason to believe that the Steelers are going to be, you know, Super Bowl favorites this year. But because of Big Ben, that's why everyone's afraid to say what I've been saying for a while. That I put Baker above Big Ben. Why? Because you know, but everyone's like, oh, but no, oh, Big Ben's been elite for how long? So we got to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as that's concerned. No one's given the Browns the benefit of the doubt because their quarterback hasn't been elite. So if you're playing That's in why the not Super giving Bowl, the Titans the benefit of the doubt. so if you're playing in the Super Bowl, you're not competing for the for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That means makes no sense at all. It does because you can't compete for something if you can't even get there. No, I'm saying if you are in the Super Bowl, you just said that if they're in the Super Bowl, they're not competing for the Super Bowl. Well, let's even look at the teams who have gone to the Super Bowl. Answer the question. I just did. You don't <laughs> like the answer. That doesn't make any sense to you. No, to anybody, folks. <laughs> Comment section, please. Who do we have on hold, by the way? Who do we have on hold? I'm not the. It's DoorDash Ray. He Dor- can hold on. No, he DoorDash Ray. On. He's been holding. He on. can hold on because I I have a point to make here. No, 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 Paul, I, Paul because, Tyson says because, according to Kenner, only one team can compete. Exactly. Only one team can win exactly. the Super Bowl. But every time that one team that wins the Super Bowl, look at the running back. No, 
Okay, so you should we can so so basically, unless you win the Super Bowl, you're not competing for a Super Bowl. That's what you believe. So do you need me to change my? I'm just asking. Answer then. I'm just. I'm just. Add, I'm trying to get a clear definition. I of gave what you, you my answer. Or, I look at teams who do not have an elite quarterback as not competing for a Super Bowl. What then? What's the point of playing then? No, what the point of playing is is to find a damn elite quarterback. It's the game that the Browns have been playing for two decades now. That's why as good as the Bengals were, even in those five straight years of making the playoffs, and Andy Dalton did have that one really, I think it was 2012, was that his, like his best season, I believe it was. Like, I still wasn't sold on the Bengals, even as good as their defense was and as good as he looked. If you don't have an elite quarterback, I'm not buying it. I, I don't look at you as a true contender for a Super Bowl, period. That's why as good as the Titans are. And by the way, you can have your outliers like the Flacco's and the Ravens winning a Super Bowl. I love when people, oh, yeah, well, look at, uh, look at, and by the way, the Ravens, by the way, the last 20 years, they have two Super Bowls with two of the most average, below average quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. But they weren't competing them. for a Super Bowl to you. To me, they weren't, no. But they have the championship. Good for them. <laughs> They're a so that's why team. that's why when you say that They're it makes no Cinderella sense. When when Doug when Doug Williams won the Super Bowl, he wasn't an elite quarterback, but he's a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl okay. MVP. Like so that if they have, like have the super, I hate the Super Bowl MVP award. I'm because, just saying, you know, he, one guy, one random guy gets hot, and all of a sudden there's oh, I'm Super Bowl he, MVP. Su- he won the Super Bowl. He's a starting quarterback, but he wasn't an elite quarterback. Uh, who else? Um. Hostetler, when he won the Super Bowl with the Giants, mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't even a starter. He was the backup. He was the backup quarterback. They won the Super Bowl. There's always outliers. I agree with you. No, but I'm saying so that means you're if they're only a star quarterback, elite quarterback makes no sense because there's no, a ton the of outliers. Favor my opinion they're, more than yours. Eli Manning is not an elite quarterback, and he has Someone two of them. I mean, uh, Eli, I would have taken Eli over Andy Dalton and half the NFL he got quarterbacks. Two of them. Okay, two of them. Mm-hmm. And so it was, we so took two miracle catches to happen too. By the way, you can spin it any way you want. And they were wild card teams. And he by the way, again, he got him. He you got him on the chip again. Over, but over the greatest if, quarterback of no, all time. But if you ask any Titans fan, they're going to tell you that you know they're that they're. Titans but I keep fan. giving you but examples, then, and of I'm guys. giving you example. And you're no, but you're giving me outliers. No, no I'm not. No I'm giving trying. you tons of. Uh, Nick Foles just won a Super Bowl. Uh huh. And it was a great story. Why? It's just like the NCAA tournament every year. Just so, because you so make a deep I'm run in the tournament. You eight like, like different when, examples. Like when you eight examples. Like when the Dayton Flyers made their Elite Eight run years ago. I, oh, they're, look, they're one of the best teams in the country. Let's relax. They had a very cute little adorable run in the NCAA tournament. No, no one no one looked at them differently after that and said, oh, for sure, they're one of the best teams in the country. They were a cute little A-10 mid-major story. Different last year, by the way. They were legit last year, but that's besides the point. But the reason that we overreact to when like UD has seasons like last year is because why? Outliers. They're outliers. We love outliers. We love the NCAA tournament for the outliers. We love when the cute little adorable underdogs make runs. We love when the Nick Foles win Super Bowl MVPs because it should not happen. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. Outliers. That's Big, what you're bringing up. When the Steelers, no one is when trying the Steelers, to build. When a, the Steelers won their first, well, not first Super Bowl. When the Steelers won their first Super Bowl with Big Ben, he was not an elite quarterback. So that's nine. Mm-hmm. So I can keep going to show you that he doesn't. By the way, that, do you have anything in recent history? Like in the last decade, outside of Nick Foles, I anything? Just, in re, all the elite quarterbacks are winning everything lately. And by the way, Peyton Manning won one. Wasn't elite, but it's still Peyton Manning who still played the quarterback le- at a high level. That's ten. Mm-hmm. Ten what? That's ten quarterbacks who weren't elite who won Super Bowls. So the argument is say that they go on. I'm not going to argue. Peyton Peyton Manning wasn't like an MVP form, but it was still Peyton Manning. His name, his name, his name. name. I'll even spell it for you. His name, his his name doesn't make you win games. Cut that meat. I know who Peyton Manning is. His name doesn't win games. What you do on the field wins games, not your name. Mm -hmm. 
So that's ten different quarterbacks but, who okay. won the Super Bowl. But again, who you this. that were the, not those elite. are great, but no. Okay, fine. Let me tell you, say this though. All those outliers you just mentioned. Is anyone try? Like, does anyone head into the NFL draft and say, "Man, I'm searching for the next Eli Manning." Man, I'm searching for the next Nick Foles. Hell no! No one is searching for those guys. They're outliers. Those things like that's why we look at them and say, "Holy crap! How the hell did that happen?" Because no one, no one puts millions of dollars into the analytics that all the teams are doing now to find a to find an Eli Manning or a Nick Foles. They're looking for the Trevor or the yeah the Trevor Lawrence's of the world. They're looking for the Patrick Mahomes of the world. You know, it, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now, no one is trying to build teams. By the way, when UD went on their Elite Eight run, do you think Duke was sitting there saying, oh, man, what are we wasting our time with these fours and fives? I mean, look, I mean, UD made it to the Elite Eight with a couple two and three stars. Why are we wasting our time with these four and five stars? Outliers. There's always outliers, and you still are always going to go for the best of the best. You're not just going to settle for average. And if you settle for average, well, there you go. That's why I applaud what the Dallas Cowboys did with Dak Prescott. They didn't. They didn't cave and give him big. Dak Prescott big money. They're sticking to their guns because they are not sure that he is an elite quarterback. So I applaud them for doing that. When Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, he was not an elite quarterback. That's eleven. Mm-hmm. Outlier. It was a great story. <laughs> so that's just basically your default too. So I I went eleven quarterbacks deep. Eleven quarterbacks mm-hmm. deep. And the only way you can justify it by saying like it's an outlier, it's not an outlier. It is an outlier. It's not an outlier. It's an outlier because if it wasn't an outlier, people would always be aiming for the next Nick Foles. Then, oh, why are we looking for the why Trevor? Who needs Trevor Lawrence? We can get a quarterback in the fifth round. Most quarterbacks. We can probably look at this and probably most quarterbacks that start in the NFL aren't first round picks. Then why aren't why are we making such a big deal about Trevor Lawrence and everyone else? If you're according to you, the outliers outweigh the. More for sure things, and I'm, we'll just I'm go just, from there. I'm just trying to get a clear cut answer. Of you're what more you're comfortable saying. with the Pey- or with the e- or with the Eli Manning story than with the Peyton Manning story of being the Sherlock thing coming out of college and was great in the pros. Like, you know, Patrick, I didn't say all that. these great guys are in I college. I didn't say that. What yeah. I was trying you to you're married to the outliers. No, I'm not married to outlier the outliers. I'm. I was trying to get a clear Justin understanding that, with outlier that you, Kev. you only believe that if you're an elite quarterback, that makes you a Super Bowl uh, contender. Yes. Which has been proven is not true. Name a Super Bowl contender that's coming up here that doesn't have an elite quarterback. The Titans. They are. Even though no one believes that, Kev. No one truly. You don't believe that. No, nobody. You don't believe that. I haven't seen one report on any of these shows or anything where Super Bowl favorite Tennessee Titans they will get obliterated by the Kansas City Chiefs. That offense. There's no way that offense would keep up. Derrick Henry, fine. Get your little 15, 16 touches. Fine. That's fine, but the real team will take care of everything else. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Four, five, five. Uh, yeah. Who, who's not, who is that, by the way? You made him wait some more. Is this DoorDash Ray? Um, yeah, but hold on. i got to get out of my fetal position and take the thumb out of my mouth. You guys reminded me of my parents way back in the day. Going out and about, you know, the Sunday paper where the coupons went or whatever. Oh, how exhausting. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. I love you guys, and I'm a long-time listener. Sometimes I get a chance to get on and talk to you guys lately. Um, dude, really? Wow. Okay. What? I see points to both you guys' side. I really do, but man. Who, who do you agree more with, Kenner or Outlier Kev? That's your well, new nickname, by the way, Outlier Kev. I'm a fi- That's well, sticking. <laughs> obviously, obviously, nowadays, I mean, running backs are rotational anyway, so you don't really have that big stud running the ball so much, but... There's points to both your guys' arguments. I mean, that is true. You know, New England, yeah, they put a lot of money with Tom Brady, but they won without a stud running back. But then you got 
I mean, I do see what Kevin's saying about Tennessee, man. They went deep last year, and and uh, it's just you just never know each year. But you're right, and running backs are not a very hot commodity anymore anyway. They're not getting the big money. I mean, Zeke got a big fat paycheck not too long ago, but yet you're right. They're not winning, and I mean, they win, but they're not winning the big, you know, the big game. But I, I needed to call you because, listen, I was just driven down Miller Lane doing DoorDash, honestly. <laughs> DoorDash right, man, doing his thing. I see Tom Brenneman holding up a friggin' sign. Oh, boy. Yeah, and he said, I will work for the food capital of the world. I don't know what that means, the food capital of the world. But, no, listen, guys, I, I, I just need you guys to know, I've been trying to call you for a couple weeks because I had a couple takes on things you were doing back then. Number one, your head <laughs> over on impersonation left a little bit to be desired. Had a little, had a little New York accent in there with Go that. Tigers. And, and, yeah, you were shooting the, you were shooting the beer not too long ago, and you cut your lip. Um, so that's oh, when I, shot, I shotgunned a beer and did a, I did cut my lip, yes. Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know if maybe afterward you were streaking around the quad. No, I, I, I spent the next week panicking, trying to figure out if I was up to date on my tetanus shot, to be honest with you. That's really what I was freaking out about. By the way, there's nothing more that our list, listeners would be pulling for than for me to get lockjaw. I'll just put it that way. Like That would take care of a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, outlier. But that would be an outlier. I mean, you know. Hey, I do, I do have one other question. I'm going to let you guys go, because normally I call with pointless, useless information. Um, but... Who is the re- there's a there's an announcer when Miami Redhawks their basketball team is on. Um, what is his name? Because he sounds a lot like Marty Brenneman. An announcer you know for the for the for Miami. I am not yeah. sure on that to be honest with you. For for basketball or football? Basketball, basketball. That I am not sure of. I d- I don't know either. But listen, I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I want you guys to get to get back at it. Um, I, Justin, you know I do agree with you, but I do agree with Kevin somewhat on on the NFL thing. Um, but hey, you know what? NFL's happening. Who cares if there's no fans? We got a little relief in sight. You know, I can't wait. Uh, but listen, I'm supporting both you guys in this. But I do think you need to, uh, when this, you're, you know, you're off the air, shake hands. Oh, no, no second hands. Rona. We got, we got this, little, we got this plexiglass thing separating us right now. Well, then you can just go shotgun a couple beers together. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> just don't cut your lip. Good weekend, guys. We love you. Later, right, man. Be care. safe. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Uh, let's we got time for another one. Let's go to Bobby. Bobby, what's up? Justin. Bobby, how are you? Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> Hi Pittsburgh. What up? <laughs> Your name is Pittsburgh. It is not that. It's outlier. Sorry, Justin. It's outlier. There you go. It's outlier Pittsburgh. No, no, Justin. No, Justin. Listen, listen. When Green Bay won their Super Bowl, was Bart Starr considered an elite quarterback? No. Outlier. When, when the Kansas City Chiefs won, well, went there, was Lenny Dawson considered an elite quarterback? No. God, hold on. I need to step out of this time machine real quick. It's a little cramped in here. you got to forgive, Kenner. If it didn't happen in the last six months, it don't count. No, those aren't my rules. Our listeners have wrote on Facebook and said in modern football, today's modern football. I'm playing by, the, by technically, I'm playing by our listeners' rules. Who's it? Okay. Your guy, David. What's up, Dave Shaw? Keep going, Bobby. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys. I love you guys. You guys are killing me. Anyway, anyway, Pittsburgh makes some great points, some seriously great points. All those quarterbacks were not elite quarterbacks when they won Super Bowls. Therefore, you make 
some very good arguments for it, but I'm going to have to side with Pittsburgh on this one because you do not have to have an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Or Cowboys. Or even contend for a Super Bowl, okay? Uh, There you go again. By the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, if they really believed you and Kevin, they would not have given uh, half a billion dollars uh, to to Patrick Mahomes. I just want to make that clear because if it is as simple as, oh, well, we could just find any old quarterback out there and be a contender, then they would not have given a half a billion dollars to Patrick Mahomes. Nobody said that. You're making it sound like, oh, you just don't need the quarterbacks to win. I didn't say that. I did did not say that. I'm telling you right now, if you, if, then what are you saying? I just, I was, go ahead, Bobby. On that note, on that note, it is very, very hard these days and and in these years to find an elite quarterback or someone that you believe is going to be your elite and your your franchise quarterback. When you find someone like that, in recent history, they have been paid, big-time paid. Back in the day, as in me and Slim, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't happen. So you you have to adjust your thinking with the times and what's going on. But again, you do make some good points. But I got aside. I got aside with Pittsburgh on this one. I got to. I'm sorry, but I do. And Justin Fields is in trouble. I think his draft stock's going to drop because you don't need an elite quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, forget that. I mean, uh, I mean, you might as well. You know, just get some bum out of you know the American Conference or something. I mean, forget. Hey, uh, Bobby, give us a give us a farewell into the weekend, man. Farewell to the weekend. Oh yeah. I love you guys. Go Browns and enjoy it, fellas. I love the show. Take care. We'll be talking to you later. Peace. All right, good stuff there. More of the Kinner. Uh, more of the Kinner. Oh, more of the Justin Kinner show with Outlier Kev when we come back. Ha <laughs> ha. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, 1410 ESPN Radio. Not so long ago, lots of things made people happy. I used to love going to the gym. I miss saying good morning to my coworkers. Today, there are still things that can make people happy. Oh, how pretty. A beautiful bouquet of flowers will definitely make someone happy. First Florist and Greenhouses can help you make someone happy. Go to firsttheflorist.com, choose a bouquet, and they'll deliver it safely. Make someone happy with First Florist and Greenhouses. W-I-N-G-1410 Dayton's ESPN Radio. It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Tweet the show at 1410 Kinner or give us a call at 457-9464. We now send you to the Wing Studios in Kettering. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Felt like we went on a vacation right there. Holy smokes. <laughs> we back, though. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. ESPN Dayton's high school football game of the week presented by Kettering Health Network, orthopedics and sports medicine. We kick off tonight. It's week one of the high school football season, and uh, our week one matchup features Centerville at Fairmont. And uh, we're looking forward to that. We're going to hear from Dave Miller, Fairmont head coach, coming up here uh, in just over a half hour. Here in about 20 minutes, we'll hear from Bob Grant, the athletic director for Wright State. We'll get an update from him as far as uh, college basketball is concerned. And again, the Wright State had to uh, uh, 
uh, had to apply for a waiver to remain D1 after falling below the 14-team minimum um, to be to remain Division One. Of course, they got granted for two years. He's going to go more in detail about that. And, of course, we'll talk about uh, what's next as far as the college basketball season is uh, concerned. So uh, I host a podcast for the Horizon League called Reach the Horizon and uh, spoke with Bob Grant for that podcast. And we'll share that interview coming up here in a bit just to give you some information on one of our local teams here uh, in the city Wright State again. Um, because college, I mean, college basketball—that's the—that's the next big hurdle right now. I mean, we we had so many questions about college football. Some of those questions have been answered; others have not. Overall, though, uh, basketball is next. And I, I tweeted this out last night, and it's still and it put on Facebook. It's frustrating to me. I don't get how, especially at the schools that have, you know, to, you know, power five football. Like for instance, Kentucky. Um, if I'm Calipari, I'm questioning why are we potentially talking about our season tipping off in. January when Kentucky football is playing right now? Like, that doesn't make any sense. How can you justify um, football practice? Like, and forget football. I'm talking college athletics. Like, how can you justify college? How can you tell the basketball teams? How can you tell Calipari and Coach Krzyzewski that your fall athletic, that your fall sports teams can play, that they can compete, but you can't? I, I And I don't want to hear inside versus outside. You know, I'm sure that plays a role in it, but stop. Because I promise you, we're making up the rules as we go here, and, and I don't want to hear that. I just, I, if I'm a basketball coach, I'm angry. I would be upset if I'm told we have to tip off in January while college football is being played. I mean, Ohio State, the Big Ten, pulls the plug on their season, and they might get to come back and kick off in November. But you're telling, and by the way, inside probably, all right, in these domes or whatever, but basketball has to wait till January. No. Like, I, I would, I hope athletic directors and coaches stop trying to play so nice all the time and start speaking up for what's right because what is right is you should be able to kick or tip off on time if football is kicking off on time i I mean dayton flyers fans i think you don't agree with me on much flyer fans you can't agree with me on this why should ud have to wait to january to kick off or to tip off when there's all these college when there's college athletics all over the place taking place i'm not okay with that 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 Again, but by the way, they're not tipping off on time. If I had to put money in, they're not tipping off on time. I just you know think what? It's I was just about to say that. I was about to say, I got to break the news to you. They're not playing until January. But it's like I was patient with football because I, I saw both sides. I, I, I don't see we, – we threw out the – I mean, there is no risk of this virus anymore, apparently. We're playing high school football. We're playing college football. Like – I mean, the Big Ten went from it's too dangerous to play. Well, we'll play in November now because they don't sue us. Like, stop. We're we're not respecting this virus, so we might as well. Why why does basketball have to suffer? Why? They already suffered by having their biggest tournament of the season mm-hmm. last year be taken away. Now you're going to make them wait even more? College football really hasn't felt this at all. If the SEC and the ACC and three of the Power Fives kick off on time and they get to finish the season and they get a college football playoff, they will never look back and say how they were impacted by this virus. So they lost some some you know some workouts in the summer. So they had a spring game canceled. So uh, recruiting might have taken a little hit. They weren't impacted by this virus, but the basketball teams will be. You're taking literally months away from these basketball players and these coaches. I, no, I am not okay with that at all. Not I'm just not. And that this one I will raise hell over for a while. You yes raise hell football. I was fine. I was like <laughs> if we. You? I, if we played great, if we didn't, I supported that too. Basketball, no, I'm not okay. Because by playing bat football, you are saying that it can be done, that you can play Division One sports or just college athletics in general during a pandemic. But basketball can't. No. No. That, no. 
UD, I hope someone at UD speaks up and says, this is crap. Like, why, why are we having to wait till January to tip off? Like, it's not okay. I hope someone at Wright State does the same thing. It's not. How can you justify telling us to wait till January when you got Austin P playing football? When you, and again, I don't care if that hurts those people's feelings. It's true. It's true. But again, it also comes down to conference. But challenge your conference. Look at the Big Ten. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a whole cluster, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this season's an outlier, so. <laughs> it's just an outlier. Who we got on hold? We got Jay on the line. Jay, what's up, Jay? How are you? Good. I uh, It's really an honor to talk to the Kevin Nash Show. I appreciate you guys letting me call in. Oh, yeah. It was good. Um, the Super Bowl, you're just kind of missing the, the little bit of a thing. It's more of a formula. If you don't have an elite quarterback, you better have an elite defense. Mm-hmm. And a, That's fair. Uh, above average running back. And if you don't have the elite defense, then you better have the elite quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback who can take the top off, you be able, better be able to throw it to your elite slot receiver and your running back out of the backfield. That's the only one I'll d- say. I don't think is there an example for a team winning a Super Bowl that way? Because I agree with you. If you don't have an elite quarterback. They're, I mean, look at the Ravens. I've proven that twice in the last two decades. Elite defenses exactly. will win you that Super Bowl. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't think of a team that rely, that didn't have a good defense and didn't have a good quarterback but relied on the running back to win a Super Bowl, as you just mentioned. That's the only one I can't agree with you on or think of an example. And if you have one, let me know. No, I, I didn't say that any any of that uh-huh. you had to have an elite running back. No, okay, okay. But you have to have one that's above average. Okay. If you don't. If you if you don't have a great quarterback, because you you've got to be able to control the ball to keep the other team off, just to help your defense. Oh, absolutely. And, and by the way, like so, our, our point was earlier. Like it was just interesting looking at. All, we talk about this in receivers all the time. Like the elite receivers half the time aren't playing in Super Bowls, or the elite running backs aren't either. There's good running backs playing in the Super Bowl, but not elite running backs. And I started looking at the top ten running backs in the NFL, and I'm like, well, man, outside, you know, there's they're all playing on non-playoff teams or teams who do not have an elite quarterback, as far as that's concerned. And then me and Kev went exactly. took a wide I, I mean, wide right. You've got to have, you know. <laughs> If you, if you can catch lightning in a bottle with a young quarterback, that's fine until he gets his first big contract. Mm-hmm. Then you can have the elite running back and the elite wide receiver. But without a serviceable quarterback, it doesn't mean crap. You oh, yeah. Get him the ball. And, and I think, you know, and, that, and look, I think we've combined. Like, we've had the wide receiver conversation, Kevin, in the past. We've had the running back conversation in the past. We've had the quarterback. We just combined every single one of them today for, like, one super conversation here on this Friday. And it just uh, it, it, it backfired on us all. Well, mainly me. By the way, Kev, i got to make sure I post this. Uh, Schrody says that, uh, hey, hey uh, Kev, Kenner changes the question every time you back him in a corner. Schrody? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. He's a, he, he's a concerned you, banker you, Titans fan. What? You would not answer the question, though. I, <laughs> I felt I answered it, like, just spot on. No. It, you give him the passive-aggressive answer. You would Tell not him, Jay. say yes or no. Well, was it a yes or no question? It was more along Absolutely. the lines of, what do you deem being an elite quarterback? No. Or, no, not an elite quarterback. <laughs> no. no, you, you asked him. What is I the, asked him, like, a million questions. He didn't answer world. any of them. If you're in contention for the Super yeah, there you Bowl, go. to me, you're in the Final Four. The Final Four teams are in contention to the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean by that the- measure, by saying, okay, you have a shot to win it, then maybe, but I don't view it that way. I don't view, I mean, like, even if you go to the college football playoffs, 
How many times do we look at like Notre Dame and Oklahoma and other teams who have had great years where we're like, yeah, but they're they're not winning that national championship. They have a, technically have a shot. Te- I mean, technically they have a chance. I mean, 64 teams make the NCAA tournament. Technically, 64 teams have a chance to win the championship. But truly, we know there's about maybe five teams that have a shot when it's all said and done. When you start, you know, breaking it down that way. In the NCAA basketball tournament, it's the same thing. I think if you're in the Final Four, you have, you're in contention. The Elite Eight, yeah, you're, you're borderline. But when you get to the Final Four, now, now you can only you only have to win two basketball. By definition, you are in contention. Uh, yes. All right. By the, the way, mere definition the way, of the Final Four. Fine, fine. Do you want me to find Let me say it this way then. Fine. You have a shot to win it. But you ain't. <laughs> but you ain't. The Titans ain't. How about ain't? I'm using ain't a lot. But, hey, we got to go. Uh, thank you, uh, Jay. I appreciate the comment. Thank you. Real quick, I know you have the, the outro music. I'm going to veto the outro music. Let's get to John real quick to close John out the is calls. gone. John, John, John left. Us. All right, John, call back. We'll get you back up uh, when we come back. And we got a couple of the guys on hold we'll get to as well. 457-9464. Or head to Facebook. We're live on Facebook and the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel. Leave your comments in the comment section. Uh, Schrody actually was watching on Twitter. He left that on, the, on Periscope on Twitter. And I was able to pull his comment in. So, again... You can comment on any of those platforms. We'll be able to incorporate your uh, conversation into the show. So head there now. You can listen, you can stream, and watch more of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash when we come back. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you... Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So the Reds are in action tonight. Keep that in mind. However, we will not have the game on the air tonight because we will have our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week presented by Kettering Health Network Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. So keep that in mind. Seven. So at, uh, after our show, uh, we'll be off for about an hour at six o'clock. Or at seven o'clock, the game will tip off or kick tip off. Kick off. We got basketball in mind still. Uh, the game will kick off again. We have Centerville and Fairmont. We're going to hear from Dave Miller, Fairmont head coach, coming up here in just about fifteen minutes. Uh, I want to share an interview with you I did. I host a podcast. Uh, I, I work with the Horizon League uh, that Wright State plays in. I, I host a podcast for uh, the Horizon League and I was able to catch up with Bob Grant, Wright State Athletic Director to discuss kind of the process of what's going on behind the scenes right now as far as what's next. I mean, again, their conference, very similar to a lot of other conferences around the country, uh, postponed their fall athletic season and now the big discussion is, okay, well, what do you do with your fall athletic season? Uh, I mean, we know it's postponed to the spring, but how logical is that, or how realistic is that? Because keep in mind, I mean, okay, well, you got college basketball, which plays, you know, even if it starts on time in November, it still plays well into March. Um, and then, you know, you have your spring, your regular spring sports, and now all your fall sports. I mean, literally, every single sport that you uh, pack in into a complete school year will be played in one three-month span. 
most likely, if that's the route that they go. So it's an interesting conversation to have, uh, and then we'll also hear uh, his response in regards to what's next for college basketball, because we're also curious as to what's next for college basketball. So here's our conversation uh, from the podcast that I host for the Horizon League, Reach the Horizon. Bob Grant, the uh, Wright State Athletic Director, was my guest this week. Take a listen. Bob, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Justin. How are you? Good to be with you, as always. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking time and doing this. Uh, every time we chat, of course, it's just about kind of getting an update as far as where we're at with the ongoing uh, question marks of 2020. Um, right now, you know, after the postponement of the fall season, uh, all eyes are right now wondering what's going to go on with basketball. But where are you guys at right now? Again, when you had to cut those three sports, unfortunately, you fell below um, the D1 requirements uh, for Division One teams. Where are you guys at with that right now? Yeah, Justin, I'm happy to report we got the waiver from the NCAA about a week and a half ago. It ended up being a fairly arduous process. You and I talked, and we made the difficult decision back in June to cut $2 million out of our $10 million budget. That involved cutting three sports, uh, just something you never, ever want to do, just really the awful kind of side of our business when it happens. And that, as you said, dropped us below the minimum number of 14 required to be Division I. And we were led to believe going into it by the NCAA, Justin, we could get that waiver. And I thought, you know, pretty easily. It ended up being about a 48-page document, more like a legal brief. It took about six weeks, passed through a couple committees. But we're good to go now. We've got two years. The next two seasons, we can play below the minimum. We've got two seasons to bring back any kind of sport we really want to to get us back to whatever the minimum is at that point. Right now, it's 14. I would almost submit to you, you know, the way uncertainty kind of rules the day right now, who knows what the minimum number will be moving forward six, eight, you know, 10, 12, 18 months from now. Were there other schools? What were, did you contact other schools who were in similar situations? Were there other schools you reached out to just to kind of get some advice, or was this just pretty cut and dry as far as what the requirements were for the waiver process? It was fairly cut and dry. They gave us criteria that we had to really answer, I guess, and I'll tell you, Justin, you know, the more we got into this as the days progressed and we kept sort of sharpening up the information they were asking for, it became pretty obvious that we were somewhat cutting edge. No one had really fallen below the minimum number. Uh, you know, there was a max school fell below the minimum number of men's sports. So this was somewhat cutting edge, which made me a little more nervous as we got into it. But Robert Ray on our staff and others did a fantastic job. and. Uh, the NCAA was very gracious and, and I think understanding. And so, you know, that's, that's the best outcome we could possibly hope for, you know, for our student-athletes. So we've got no problems from a D1 standpoint and we'll address those problems in the next couple of years on how to solve that, whatever that looks like. Wright State Athletic Director Bob Grant with us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. And, uh, Bob, with that being said, so the, the next thing that happened after, of course, the unfortunate cutting of three sports back in June was the announcement that fall sports league-wide, uh, the fall season would be postponed. I know that that was another tough conversation I'm sure you had to have with all your fall coaches and athletes. Walk us through what that process was like because we know nothing not, not, nothing about any of this is easy, uh, but take us behind the curtain, if you don't mind, about what those tough conversations were like with your coaches and student-athletes. Yeah, I might even back up for a second, Justin. It's something the Horizon League 80s, and we now meet at least twice a week for a Zoom meeting or a WebEx meeting. and. So we talked about this for literally weeks leading up to it of, hey, we still have some runway left. What could be done in the fall? And it just became an untenable situation. So 
I think at the point that we decided to, to hopefully postpone fall until spring, I think we were the 22nd out of 32 conferences to come to that conclusion. So, and that was gut-wrenching. And then you go and you talk to our fall sports, and you've got to talk to the student-athletes and the coaches. And, you know, I'll just say this. You know, we probably have the best volleyball team in the Horizon League and the best men's soccer team. And our women's soccer team is always the top. So, you know, there are certainly departments around the country that was just to pull the blanket over their heads and hope that COVID's gone and let's just take a mulligan and start back up next fall. You know, we've got three programs primed to win in the fall and cross country always overachieves. So, you know, they, they want to compete. They want to get out and do what they do best. And so that makes it gut-wrenching and makes me really want to try to fight as hard as I can to give them a chance to play some kind of a season, even truncated in the spring. And again, you know, with that being said, I mean, have you or any other schools that you're aware of within the conference had to worry about other schools outside trying to reach out and poach players? Has that been a concern? Has not, knock on wood, a concern for us. You're seeing a little bit of that in football, but it has not been a concern mm-hmm. for us, no. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, just kind of bragging our student-athletes, Justin, and you know, we've talked enough, we're a little bit different. I say all the time that, you know, our priorities, I think, are very different than a lot of schools. You know, I really work for our student-athletes, and, you know, my job is to prepare them for, for uh, you know, life in general, but we want them to compete and do all the things that they're good at doing, whether it's community service or academically. And I'll tell you that almost to a person, our fall student-athletes want to compete in the spring, even if the NCAA was not going to offer a chance for the NCAA. That's how much they want to be out on the volleyball court, on the soccer field competing. When it comes to, and you, you talked about earlier, the, you know, hopefully the postponement of the fall into, into the spring, what's next as far as that process goes? Is that taken upon by a vote by athletic directors? Is that just a decision that is going to be come up with by Commissioner LeCrone? Are you, do you, are you able to share how that process is going to work when that time comes? Yeah, and that's really still unfolding. I, I think you know, we've got postponing, again, I hope it's not a full cancellation of the fall, has bought us time, Justin. That's so important. And so mm-hmm. almost the focus now becomes more on what's possible in the winter. Let's get that locked down and buttoned up. And then we'll look at, okay, can we play the fall and the spring? What does the virus look like? What does the climate look like? And then, of course, what do spring sports look like? So we almost forget that, you know, our spring sports were all cut loose uh, early. So, you know, our baseball team, again, you know, they're like a, a you know, Ferrari sitting in the garage ready to roll had the keys taken from them last spring before they got a chance to do damage, and then they're ready to roll too. And so it's going to be very interesting. You know, there's some, I think, heartburn at some schools about, oh, my goodness, we could literally be playing every single sport we have to offer in the spring. And my answer to that would be, you know what, we owe it to our student-athletes. We'll figure that out. If we've got to play all those sports in the same two or three months, our staff is used to doing more with less. We'll make sure that happens. All right, Bob Grant, Wright State Athletic Director with us here. Uh, basketball season, winter sports, uh, that's the, the next thing here coming up. And, you know, selfishly for me, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. Like when I, I you know, I, you hear different rumors out there. Oh, college basketball could tip off in November, late November or December, January. My problem is is, is if, if college sports are being played, and again, it's going to defer from different, you know, uh, conferences. But if college sports in, in general are being played, if college football is kicking 
off, and I'll use other conferences, for example, if Kentucky football is kicking off and playing football, how are you telling a basketball team that they can't? That, that's where I'm having a hard time you know, adjusting to seeing the, the, the rationale with this. It's different in the Horizon League. I get it because fall was at least postponed, so that's going to justify maybe uh, a different start date for basketball. But what are you, what's your gut telling you about basketball and when that could officially tip off? Well, uh, again, I'm I'm always a glass half full person, and I am cautiously optimistic that there will be a basketball season. I just I, I feel that in my core. Um, I can't tell you exactly why, other than I think we're making progress on several fronts toward the end. Now, will it be a normal season that starts at normal time, ends at the normal time? Has been? I doubt it, Justin. Just realistically, you're probably looking at some kind of a truncated. What that looks like, I don't know. Uh, you know, again, on Horizon calls, we are going over every possible scenario you can think of, you know, from truncated schedule to changing up travel partners to playing in pods to what would a bubble situation look like. So all those things are being discussed. And the good news is the goal of everybody is we want to play. And, again, look at our men's women's basketball teams. You know, this is, this is not, you know, we're not in a situation at Wright State where you say, oh, you know what? If this was a mulligan year, we'd be fine. We don't have much talent. We're not very good. We're not well coached. Listen, we check every box in Trina's program and Scott's program of ready to win. We want to win. We want to play. I know I saw both our basketball teams today. Uh, Like, they are raring to go. So uh, we got a bunch of programs. We just need stage to get them on safely. You know, it's funny. We uh, so high school football kicks off this week, uh, this weekend, and I just spoke with uh, Dave Miller. He's the head coach at Fairmont, and uh, we we were talking about how tough it was for him to be able to keep the kids motivated. Up, I mean, ten days ago is when they got the final word that they would officially be able to kick off. But I asked him how difficult was that before ten days ago when these kids are practicing. It's the brutal time of the season. You know, you know, two a days, everything. You're doing all that, not knowing if there's going to be a season. How tough was that to keep them motivated? How tough do you think it is for your coaches? right now again you have great coaching staffs all over the place regardless of the sports but it has to be challenging i'm sure to just keep guys being guys and gals being positive about what's coming up we can't tell you when it's going to start but we got to keep working as if it could start tomorrow yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head justin our our coaches are so good and we are so fortunate right state to have the head coaches in the positions that we have right now and so you know i've seen no waning of optimism out of any coach uh, or any student athlete so they're all preparing as if they're preparing for a spring men's soccer season, a spring cross-country season, a spring volleyball season. You know, we didn't even talk about our golf team. We might have the best golf team in the yes. state of Ohio. They are primed and ready to roll. Um, so I think when you've had success, like our student-athletes have had the last few years, that, that maybe makes the waiting and the patience a little easier uh, in some ways because I think that you know they're sort of conditioned to – to, to roll with some change and, 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 you know, they expect to win when they get out there. So they're willing to be patient and wait for that opportunity. All right, Bob Grant, right said athletic director, good enough to join us here today. And, Bob, I think I might have asked this a few times already, but uh, we'll close it out with, uh, I guess, kind of what's next. Uh, you talked about your, your multiple um, Zoom meetings with athletic directors and Horizon League personnel. I mean, is it just continuing to touch base and continuing to keep the temperature of everything going on in the world right now as far as what's next, not just for, for basketball, but for the fall sports as well? Yeah, I think, and Justin, I think, you know, there's so many layers to this that, you know, We've got to take a lead from what the NCAA is suggesting and what Dr. Hainline, their chief medical officer, is suggesting. And so that's one layer. And you've got to look at, okay, what are the state of Ohio guidelines and what's Ohio look like right now when it comes to the virus? 
and then you go to the Horizon League, and that you know, obviously multiple states are represented. So how do those things all mesh together? Because some states might be at a different spot in recovery from the virus than others. And then you look, you know, locally. What, what's Green County, for example? What's happening in Green County, and what's happening on Wright State's campus? So you you sort of want all those things to a a ball for each university. And it's uh, it's a challenge to to sort of get all these moving parts and all this fluidity heading in the same direction. All right. Well, Bob Grant, Wright State Athletic Director, thank you so much for taking time and just kind of giving us an update and a little bit of peek behind the curtain as far as what it's like for you and your department kind of juggling all of these things. And you know what? I didn't even think about that. You're right. If there is a spring season, I mean, you literally will have every sport that's usually spread out over an entire school year going at one time. Um, That usually you think would be a problem, but as you said, that's a good problem to have. Um, And uh, that would just mean that, hey, we're approved for everyone to be out on the floor, out on the field, and uh, that's all that matters at this point. Justin, I would be thrilled to be talking to you in a few months saying, hey, Justin, I got to go because I'm leaving a baseball game, go to a volleyball game, and then a soccer <laughs> match that night. And by the way, the NCAA tournament for the men's basketball and women's basketball is, is tomorrow. I would love nothing more than that. All right. Well, uh, here's uh, to hoping for you know better days coming forward. But thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Justin, always good to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Week one of the high school football season kicks off for us here on 1410 ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week presented by Kettering Health Network Orthopedics and Sports medicine. Now, every year, we usually kick off the season with Fairmont and Alter. That's not happening. The Battle for Kettering, the Battle of Kettering, that's not happening this year with all the changes due to COVID-19. Only a conference-only schedule within the GWAC, a six-week regular season. The playoffs will begin in week seven. Every team makes the playoffs. It's a much different-looking landscape for high school football here in 2020. I'm excited to bring on our next guest. He's the head coach for the Fairmont Firebirds, Coach Dave Miller. Coach Miller, welcome in, sir. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Justin. Absolutely. I appreciate you giving us us time on the Facebook Live feed earlier. We lost connection, but we're picking up right here uh, on the phone. As we talked about earlier, it's been obviously a different season. Up until about 10 days ago, you really didn't know if there was going to be a season. We know how difficult it is uh, for kids, especially with football practice. Football practice is tough, especially in the preseason and the early going, the conditioning. Uh, You know, it's a lot for the body to get ready for a season. It's tough to do when you don't even know if there's going to be a season. I'm sure after the news 10 days ago that the intensity just picked up greatly whenever uh, you found out for sure that there would be a 2020 season. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it, uh, that was tough. You know, we, we started back in June 1st, and it, it was a grind, and, and we talked to them constantly about, you know, just controlling what they can control. Uh, they don't have any control of, of the outside stuff, and I think for the most part they, they did a pretty good job with that, but you know, always in the back of your mind, you have that uncertainty. But uh, no question, you know, 10 days ago and, or nine days ago, whatever that was, uh, we got the okay. Um, there was definitely a, uh, a pickup in their step, and you, know, you have light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And I think uh, you know, everybody was feeling that. And this week, the intensity's picked up even more. So pretty, the kids are pretty excited. 
we're used to kicking off the season with the, the battle for Cat- the battle of Kettering, Fairmont Alter. That's not the case. You have Centerville tonight. How different is that for you and your staff and your kids? This is year five for you, uh, but you know the, the historic uh, rivalry between these two schools. How how different was that for you guys to reverse course a little bit uh, and prepare for a different team in week one than you're accustomed to? Well, it would have been different, I think, if we'd have known all or had been thinking all along we're going to play Alter, and and uh, then all of a sudden it's it's different, but. You know, with the way that things have worked, um, you know, since uh, COVID-19 kind of hit us back here in the winter and spring, um, with all that uncertainty, I think guys are just, they, they roll up the punches pretty well. I, you know, I don't think uh, they batted an eye. We've had about uh, three different schedule changes, you know, um, since uh, we started going here in the summer. So I think it's just kind of a mentality that uh, we'll go with what's next and uh, what's kind of cool to uh, you trade one rival for another one, so mm-hmm. uh, you know we're, we're we're close in proximity, and uh, that's certainly there too. So that's going to be uh, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, you have Centerville obviously tonight, seven o'clock. Uh, the kickoff, GWAC only schedule this year. Now you you bring up Centerville and uh, you trade one rival for another. You think back to last season, it was not a good start at all. You won four games, but uh, on the positive side, all four of those coming in the final month, the final five weeks of the season, one of those four wins was against Centerville. You guys, despite a slow start, ended the season on a, on a positive note. One of those wins coming against Centerville. You know Centerville has a good team. Chase Harrison's really good. I'm sure you're keeping an eye on him. What's the, what's the tape telling you guys right now as you've uh, been prepping for so long for Centerville now? Well, you, you know, we know they have a lot of kids back, including uh, Chase is, you know, a three-year starter, and, and he's a heck of a quarterback. He's just going to continue to get better. Uh, and this year he has, you know, I think a lot more weapons. Um, you know, they're, they're all back, and they're a year older. Um, so uh, it makes it scary. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're very potent on offense. Uh, you know, Coach already does a great job with them, uh, getting them prepared, you know, for that end, too. Uh, but they also have everybody back on defense pretty much. So, um, you know, we know, uh, as far as the scouting report, you got to look back to last year because we don't have any scrimmages or anything to really see what they've done. Uh, we knew they had all that coming back, so uh, that was going to be a major test. Uh, we, we would have them week nine. Uh, now we move up to week one. Uh, so, you know, we're going to get that at some point or another. But uh, they're, they're a good football team, no question about it. I'm, I'm sure they are, even not seeing them, just with everything they have coming back. Coach Dave Miller with us here, head coach of the Fairmont Firebirds, Fairmont Centerville tonight. It's our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. Uh, we just heard you kind of break down Centerville a little bit, but uh, you've had quite a lot of time with your group now. You guys lost a lot of talent last year, but you bring back a lot of experienced guys a little bit at the same time. You guys are younger, uh, and you're going to be trying out guys, that, you know, new guys in different spots. What what should we know about your team? Obviously, we know uh, you're a heavy. You know, you rely on the run a lot. What should we uh, expect from your team coming up here in Week? One and for the 2020 season. Well, same look, and, and you know, it's been interesting because we did lose um, quite a few seniors on our defense. Um, the defense was number one in the conference last year. You know, we had Trey Baker, linebacker, Evan Overholder, uh, Garrett Baker, just to name you know a few there uh, that we lost to graduation. Uh, but we have you know had some kids really step up. Uh, you know, three, we're going to start three seniors at linebacker. Uh, they're hungry, you know, and I think when you hit your senior year. Um, it's a little easier, I think, to replace. You know, you, you can make up for lack of experience uh, with that when they're seniors. Um, and there's the, really the thing that's happened this year, which is interesting, um, without scrimmages, we've had a lot of competition you know, throughout the summer. Uh, numbers aren't, aren't uh, where they were. We lost some kids just because I think of the, the whole COVID scare and just not knowing you know, that uncertainty. But 
So our roster is trimmed down a little bit, but we have, you know, I would say, I'd argue maybe 40-plus kids that can play on Friday nights. You know, we, when we were doing our inter-squad scrimmages, those were very competitive. Uh, so when you start getting that kind of competition, uh, that can make up for a lot of that inexperience. But, you know, there's nothing like Friday nights, you know, so we know that some of these guys are going to be their, their first go-around, and, uh, you know, once we uh, we get out there, hopefully we've prepared them well enough that they can go out there and be successful. So... Coach, you touched on something that I, you know, I hadn't even thought about. But what, what has your message been when when parents uh, meet with you or call you or are calling your athletic director and concerns over playing football during this? What's your message to them? Because there is a lot of uncertainty out there, uh, but obviously there's enough support to, uh, you know, play during these times. What is your message to parents who were concerned, uh, and just your overall message in general to parents as a whole, regardless of whether they were concerned or not? Well, our district does a phenomenal job you know, in a lot of areas, but especially with what's happened with the, the you know the whole COVID thing. Uh, we started our protocols back in, in June on June first. Uh, we went through the phases that our district put in place, you know, and the, the recommendation from the Montgomery County Board of Health, Ohio Board of Health, and Governor's Office (OHSAA). So we you know, we followed those uh, to the letter. And, you know, our parents, I think that the ones that, that have allowed their kids to stay, um, we have not really, I, you know, I haven't heard that really from parents. I just know that there have been kids that have dropped out of the program, so I, I didn't really get a chance to, uh, I guess, plead my case on that, that we're doing, you know, safety is number one. Um, and, and it could have just been a number of things. I don't know. I, I just don't know. But uh, we've done what we were supposed to do, you know, as far as, um, all the safety, and that was the number one priority for us. And, and I think, you know, from that standpoint, that the kids that have stayed, uh, the parents know that, and they they uh, they trust us, you know. So, uh, which is a, a great honor, and it's a great responsibility, uh, just to be able to you know work with their kids and uh, that they trust us in that that respect. All right, head coach Dave Miller for the Fairmont Firebirds. Good enough to hang out with us this afternoon. We're just a few hours away from kickoff. Again, Fairmont Centerville, week one of the high school football season. Fairmont Centerville, our ESPN Dayton high school football week one game of the week matchup. Coach Miller, thank you so much for your time. And as we said earlier, uh, I've never been more happy to be wrong about something. I really was very skeptical that there'd be a season. I'm glad I was wrong, and we're excited to be calling your matchup later on tonight. Best of luck, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Jess, and I'm glad you're wrong, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get out there tonight. <laughs> it's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio.